Today FM. It's that time of the week again. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Dermot and Dave Show Best of Podcast. Aye, aye. But not if you're driving. Definitely don't sit back. In fact, the sit up now. I actually went and got the supermarket chicken sandwich. After it, we talked about it? Yeah. And what was it like? On the did way it, to golf. Did it live up to the expectations? Yeah, delicious. Really? Yeah. Delicious chicken. And there's nothing else in it. Bad. Well, hang on. Is there like leaves and mayonnaise and all? Well, you can ask for that not. I just, the only thing I never get is the special sauce. What? The Supermax one? Yeah. Oh, that's the best. The burger sauce? Yeah, I don't get burger sauce. Oh, that's the best part of a chicken it's breast too sandwich. messy. So what, do you get nothing or do you put your own ketchup on or what? Just put a bit of ketchup and salad. It's top drawer. Mm, no. Have we started? Oh God, yeah, it's rolling yeah. since the burgers. Chicken breast sandwich is the way forward with the, with the burger sauce. Or the chicken wrap meal. Do you ever get that in Supermax? I've never tried it. I've seen the picture. Yeah, the chicken wrap with the burger sauce. A1. Yeah, mm. my issue is always leaves. I don't want leaves on anything. Would you eat the tomato? No. Gherkin? God, no. But then you don't want any salad. So it's really it's weird. not just the leaves. You have issue with, with no, anything suppose, salad. But I mean, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But I mean, in any situation, not just Supermax. Like Chopped if I, onions. Do you mind that in a quarter pounder? No, no problem with that. It's fine. Actually, it's right. fine. But so I mean, you're no. ordering a burger, what do you get? It's plain. Like, like with cheese or whatever. And then I had to put my own sauce and mustard and stuff on. So how plain, like, is it plain with nothing? Like, would you get the onions? Yeah, that's why, like, if I go to McDonald's, it's fine. Because they just do gherkins. You just throw the gherkins out. Oh, I love a McDonald's gherkin. I love the oh, smell yeah. of them. Oh, God. Like, I don't like pickle or gherkin, but when you get them in a McDonald's burger, like, they just smell amazing. I love them so much <laughs> that I remember the first time I tasted a gherkin in a burger as a child. Yeah. I was sitting in Burgerland in Limerick, RIP Burgerland, and I was sitting on the seat. There was graffiti all over it and large <laughs> chunks of foam cut out of it with uh, pen knives. But I was in heaven and... The burger arrived down. I took a bite out of it and I had never tasted yeah. that taste before. Yeah. And I was, what is this? And it was the gherkin. Whatever McDonald's do with the McGherkins now. Well, I remember the first time I tasted it, which was in McDonald's on O'Connell Street. And I bit into it and literally made a crying face to my parents going, why is that? <laughs> I got a happy meal. Why is it unhappy? And they were like, oh, the gherkin's still in there. And they threw it out and it was fine. I never got a Happy Meal. What? I've Ma- never, there weren't, we didn't have McDonald's. So I oh, never experienced yes. oh. it until I was an adult. Have you had obviously a Happy I didn't Meal? Get one. Have you had a Happy Meal as an adult? No. You can totally do that. It's, it's a nice like small snack. Yeah. Why do I want it? Because you want a small snack and yeah. it's cheaper and better value and you get a free toy. Like for all of the reasons that you would want a Happy Meal. They still I'd apply to you. I'd tulip sitting down eating a Happy Meal <laughs> by myself. Sitting down? It's in the car. You don't go into McDonald's. No, oh, you hide your McDonald's. shame. <laughs> you hide your fast food shame. I don't hide my Paddington shame. I'm you sorry. should be in, in like Take a Break magazine or Woman's Way or something. What would it be? My fast food shame. <laughs> I hid it for 12 years. <laughs> I'm very blatantly open about my love of fast food. Sorry, what I was saying earlier on as well was, it's not just fast food where I have a problem with leaves. It's like you go into a, sh- a shop, right? And the other way they make up sandwiches. They're like, yeah. would you like one of They're like, oh, that looks gorgeous. The the toasted thing. And like, oh, there's all leaves sticking out of it. Like, well, they no, just never what's really give you a plain option. I like lettuce and they give you a sandwich with lettuce and cucumber and whatever. Lovely, crisp, fresh salad. And then they toast it. 
Oh. Have you ever had in it? Toasted lettuce. It, it, it tastes like paper. It's the saddest yeah. thing in the world. A bit of toasted cucumber. What yeah. are you doing? Don't do that. So on choice. By the way, we should say the third voice you're hearing is Sean Reedy. Sean's back in our parish. He's Hi, our, Sean. He's our new producer. Hi, apparently so. They've signed me up for... How are you feeling, Sean? I feel good. I feel like I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm kind of bluffing my way through the week. The other day I was like, Dave, you know what you're doing with that? And he said, yeah, yeah, I got it. I was so lucky you did know because I didn't know. <laughs> Sean, I don't want to be... I, I think we have to point this out. Uh, when you left the show two years ago, in that time... Uh, our ratings have gone through the roof. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's only one way you're gone, Sean. No, I don't want to put two and two together and get Sean, mm. uh, but don't mess this up. Okay? I'm, I'm trying my best not to. Uh, we did reveal you yeah. uh, a very particular way, the Masks producer way. Yeah. That's, that's part of the podcast. So you listen to that now when you listen to the rest of the podcast. Uh, it's not all about burgers and lettuce. Um, we, it actually is. Well, actually, yes, you're right, because we did do a big thing about burgers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I do talk about the Supermax did I, I didn't even know when we started recording so maybe you've heard this but the day we did it I did go and get the chicken uh, sandwich burger mm. that's very good I might get a Supermax on the way home um, <laughs> everyone listening is like gasping <laughs> for a burger <laughs> we also talked about airplanes uh, yeah the people you hate on airplanes yeah. can I tell you a really funny story about what happened to me on the airplane home from Greece but I couldn't tell it the other day because I wasn't a fish here yet you're not on air but now you yeah. are can you not yeah. save it for on air next week is it week? better on air we're going to need content it's, better, on. it's probably better on air Sean lesson one don't spurn content okay it's better for on air but we'll yeah it's, uh, we'll save it for another time okay I'll so tune in next week guys to Sean's incredible uh, airplane as story as a tease tease it forward so that people who listen to the podcast will tune in next week the lady sitting beside me on the plane home from Greece did the weirdest thing to the Cara magazine in the back of <laughs> Wow! That is I mean, the tease of ages! Yeah, we can't wait till oh, next week. Amazing. Uh, amazing! I was sitting there and I was thinking... Hands up who was thinking filthy things. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say anymore, Sean. You've perfected it. Don't say anymore. Okay. All right, enjoy the podcast. That's why he's our producer. All the rest of the stuff Boom. that you usually expect Mike is drop. on there. Out here. Sean Reedy's here. See you next week. Bye. Dave, someone says, lads, I spent the entire weekend binge-watching Billy and Teresa on Netflix <laughs> hashtag the old ball and chain this was a, this was a fictional 70s sitcom that accidentally emerged out of our show last week <laughs> kept coming back I wasn't aware it's already showing reruns on Netflix oh this is rightly so you know alright <laughs> don't you alright me Billy Swanson what time do you call this <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a watch. I wore it in the war and it got, it got to sit. Don't give me that. You were never in the war. Oh, shrapnel in the leg. I've got a bit of a limp. The only thing wrong with your legs is haven't been thrown over me in two weeks. <laughs> Billy Swanson. <laughs> Available on Netflix now. Dan's in Galway today. Hey, Dan. Hey, how are you doing, lad? Galway, Galway man. How you feel about yesterday's? Hurling? Uh, disappointed, but in fairness, uh, we're helping their store. Uh, Limerick are great champions, so uh, it can't be too disappointed with the clinical performance. So. Very impressed with Kilkenny as well over the weekend. They were very good, yeah. They were very good. Yeah, be a good uh, final. Obviously, Galway have two shots. you got the football next weekend as well. If you had to pick between the two sports, which, which would you like to bring home? Um, well, I suppose it's been a few more years since we won football, so it'd be great to see Port Joyce and the lads do it. Sure so. would. Will you beat Derry on Saturday? I'd be confident, 
But, okay. you know, they're, they're good as well. So it'll be probably toss of a coin. So, uh, but yeah, hopefully they can do it. All right, Dan, well, let's see how you do today in your challenge, which is to identify CCC and win €1,750. Uh, my guess is Cliffs Can Corrode. Cliffs Can Corrode. Yep. I'm going to just go out on a limb here and potentially make myself look like an idiot, but is corrosion something that happens to metal and erosion is something that happens to cliffs? <laughs> now, I, could be, I could be completely wrong. We were going, no, of course cliffs corrode. I don't know, um, Dan. I, I did think that when I looked it up. But, uh, Do they but, also uh, corrode? It's it's no crazier than the usual. <laughs> Cliffs can corrode is not the right answer. Sorry, Dan. All right. Thanks, anyway. All right. Best of luck on Saturday. Bye. 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 Gillian Burke Faulkner is in Drogheda. Hello, Gillian. Hello. How are you? We're very well, thank you. Did you do anything nice over the weekend? Uh, no, not really. Just spend time with the family. The weather's kind of... <laughs> Sorry, just what you said. I didn't do anything nice. I went around the family. They're a nightmare, to be honest with you, Dermot. <laughs> oh, We've all been there. Yeah. Uh, but it's that kind of thing where you're like, the sun is shining. Everybody into the garden. No, no, yeah. quick. Everybody back in the house. It's raining. <laughs> you really got to nab those little sunny spells when they appear. That's it, yeah. What do you think CCC stands for, Gillian? Well, I didn't actually hear the clue, so now I feel a bit silly. So anyway, it's okay. okay. Go on, go on, yeah. So I had cool, calm cucumber. <laughs> okay, well, it's the little things was the first clue. A, a cucumber could be construed as a little thing. My kids like their the cucumber cut up into big sections, but some people like them sliced into little things. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's a bit edgy. Is there an edge to a cucumber? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Oh, you're wrong, Gillian. Sorry, Gillian. Don't bother. Thank you. <laughs> Have a lovely day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I'm Claire Howlett's and Greystones. Hello, Claire. You're in the middle of a nappy change, are you? <laughs> the baby is now down to sleep. We're all okay. Isn't that it? Oh, you're better than okay. You've got a bright yellow Dermot and Dave today. FM Master, look at Isn't that a t-shirt? Oh, well done. So the baby's now changed and happily dozing, yes? Yes, yes. We're Good all job. okay. And what's the baby's name? Teddy. Teddy? Yeah. Gorgeous name. Yeah. Is it Teddy Howlett? Teddy Howlett, yeah. Teddy Howlett, what a legend. Yeah, he should play for (laughs) Bristol City. (laughs) What's a girl? (laughs) Teddy Howlett again. His 21st of the season. Amazing. Uh, Brilliant. What age is Teddy? Uh, Teddy will be one next month. One next month. Okay, exciting times, Claire. Yeah, big birthday. Big birthday, and then they're starting to walk and knock things over and cause hassle. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, can you play us the noise in the back of your car again, Dave? Yes, I can play or, the noise in the back you're, of my car. While you're getting that, what's CCC stand for, Claire? Um, cheddar cheese cubes. Cheddar cheese cubes. Actually, Claire, you just reminded me that at one point, pretty sure it was on Today FM, some listener suggested that cornflakes with sugar, hang on a second, and cheddar cheese cubes was delicious, right? So I went home with one of my kids and we tried sugared cornflakes and cheddar cheese cubes. Mm. And they were right. I know it sounds ridiculous, but they were right. Now, I've also never done it again, so it can't have been that delicious, but it was. You were like, okay. Was it crunchy or cornflakes? No, regular cornflakes, but sugared and then and with milk. And then cubes of cheddar cheese no. dotted in it. No, I, look, I, I, I was with you. I was the same skeptic until I tried it. Like I said, I haven't done it again since. Are you going to try that, Claire? 
No, I actually hate cheese. <laughs> well, then don't put it in your sugar cornflakes for sure. Uh, CCC cheddar cheese cubes. No. Sorry, oh, Claire. No we can't give oh, you no the money, worries. but enjoy the T-shirt. Hello before, to baby oh, Teddy. Before Claire goes, did you want to play Claire? The noise in the back of my car was it just something un- unrelated in town? Uh, yeah, sure. Play it for, for Claire. Well, just Claire, because you've got Teddy, right? Teddy's one. Soon you'll yeah. have. Uh, well, I don't know. We might have one or two. Well, I, I have four. This this is my twelve-year-old and my today ten-year-old in the car. Twelve-year-old bouncing a ball, seeing how many times he can bounce it in a row. Ten-year-old uh, screaming into a smoothie cup uh, while we were parked up. This is what it sounded like. <laughs> It's amazing how long it took to get Tracy to say, okay, Sam, okay, okay. (laughs) That was the third or fourth round of ball bouncing cup screaming that they were trying. It sounds like a future hit. Yeah, it could actually have some didgeridoo element to it there. It It has some kind of indigenous musical qualities there (laughs) that I hope I never hear again. (laughs) Claire, have a great week. Thanks for the See you later. Bye. 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 Actually, okay. someone says, Dave, what's your thoughts on Ronaldo, the Ronaldo situation? Yes. Apparently, the latest gossip over the weekend was that he wants to go, and he's like, here, if any offers come in, let me know. Yeah, I'm I, gone. I, I think this is one of those news cycle things. I don't think that stance has suddenly changed over the weekend. I think this is a stance that Ronaldo and his agent have had since we didn't qualify for the Champions League. But I think some news agencies went, let's write a story about Ronaldo and click it, and everyone went crazy, whatever. But I think if a, if a good offer comes in for Cristiano this summer, and United can't refuse it, and Ronaldo wants to go, I think he'll go. Would you be sad? I, I would be sad in the sense that he's the greatest footballer that's ever lived and I want him at my club. But at the same time, you know, you don't want someone at your club that doesn't want to be there, particularly not the greatest footballer that's ever lived if he doesn't want to be there. You don't want him sulking around the chain. Not that he would, he's such a professional, but he wants to challenge. I think the key thing is he needs to be in the Champions League to keep his Champions League gold record going. And if he's not in the Champions League, he doesn't want a Europa League goal record. He wants the Champions League one. And Messi or whoever's coming up underneath him, Lewandowski, is getting, are getting closer to his untouchable total. So to, for him to play Champions League football, I think, is really, really important. So I wouldn't be too surprised. Would I be really disappointed? I would be a bit 50-50 because I think freeing his wages up and freeing up the way he plays, I think Eric Ten Hag would have a better run at it as a Man United fan. So maybe selfishly, yeah, I think it might be time for Cristiano to... You know, put on another shirt. You're a fickle bunch, you Man United fans. Uh, what do you think? 087 102. I find any conversation about Rene Zellweger makes me think of Reese Witherspoon. Oh! So then I start to go, I was like, going, why is she saying that? Rene Zellweger was in the morning show. She'd already done telly. Like, <laughs> no, different. Before person. you open your gob, just run that by the fact check one more time <laughs> in your head. Oh, yeah, that was Reese Witherspoon. Speaking of fact checking. We were asking uh, who you were Googling. Because Emer said she was Googling uh, different people uh, who were in things like Hocus Pocus and... Bewitched. Bewitched and, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch and all that. Well, apparently somebody, Owen in Tipperary, was Googling Dermot Whelan. I don't know, was this a coincidence or was he just doing it at the time we said it? But apparently the internet says that Dermot is one of the richest comedians... And listed on most popular comedians with a net worth of 1.5 mil. Does this seem right, says Owen and Tip? And then he sent a screenshot in of the page, the, the page that he's been Googling. 
Uh, Daryl Whelan is one of the richest comedians. Like, full stop. It doesn't say well, where. What about Chris Rock? No, you're one of the richest. <laughs> like. uh, is And listed on most popular comedian. Oh, sorry. No, I should read it properly. It's, it's, it's singular. Daryl Whelan is one of the richest comedian. Okay, this seems to be a very reputable website. And listed on most popular comedian. Yeah. According to our analysis, mm. they've, analyzed, they've analyzed you. Uh, Wikipedia, Forbes, and Business Insider all have written about your wealth. Forbes. Dermot Whelan's net worth is approximately $1.5 million. Now, I'll be honest with you, the screen grab that Owen has sent in, mm. this text is in there, but it is surrounded by millions and millions of ads. It's really hard to actually read the text because there are so many ads on the page. But hey, look, that's how things go. I would probably recommend that he goes to a more reputable and correct website. Oh, no, I think it's important to address this now. Are you one of the richest comedian? And are you one of the most popular comedian? I am. There's me... Chris Rock, uh, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you are all one of the richest comedians. <laughs> yeah, we're all rich comedian. Look, I mean, this is what happens, you know, when you when you go out and you do stuff. You've been in the you've been in the Hapenny Inn. You've been in I have yeah the, the international, international holds forty people. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, the the operas are still flooding in, and this doesn't even take into account your radio work, your uh, meditation book, your none of this. This is just comedian and. <laughs> You are absolutely I wonder, it. can we email them and get them to tell me where this money is so I can actually get it? That would be good. The worst people on an airplane. Is that right, Maria? Yeah. So this is written by a girl called Paula Gahan from Kildare. Oh, yeah. She lives in London, but she works for an international airline. Doesn't say which one. Okay. So she has the five people on a flight that she absolutely hates dealing with. Okay, and this is as she an air steward, so all the time. she knows exactly, exactly the good and the bad people. She's seen all types. So if this is you, now these are her descriptions, by the way. So, so if you're offended by any of the descriptions, <laughs> it's not from us, all right? I'm just going to tell you what she said. Yeah. So the first one she says is the Karen. Okay, we, we all know, what a Karen, know a Karen. All of us know a Karen. So she says that <laughs> the pinched, she recognises them by the pinched look of barely su- suppressed rage <laughs> simmering under the surface. And she can see it for a mile away. So she just runs for the hills when she sees these these Karens coming okay. at her. Like. She'll send her colleague down. Yeah, so she said, on a recent flight, a middle-aged woman came on board and asked me to be upgraded because she'd had a tough week. <laughs> and she went through the, the usual kind of, you know, we don't do upgrades when we're in in air and that all has to be done from the ground and you know we probably don't have any Mm. room or whatever and she said the woman then slumped against the wall hand to forehead channeling Betty Davis and howled like a baby Uh, I was embarrassed for her as passengers walked by staring at this grown woman having a temper tantrum oh god do these people like feel entitled all the time or do airplanes do something do people feel extra entitled when they sit onto an airplane for some reason I, th- I think there is a little bit of that I think like like they feel entitled when they go to a restaurant mm. you know it's the same kind of people that will maybe flip their behaviour a little a, bit they get a sniff of service yeah yeah that's like, what I think yeah um, the next one is the Marlborough man oh yeah so this is a man nearing 70 
Why did you point at me when you said that? You literally pointed at me. I did not. Nearing 70. You said nearly 70, Dave. What? Nearly. Oh, forget it. Have some comp plan. Usually in boot cut jeans with his uh, chest hair, just peeping out the top of his open shirt. Stinks of Marlborough. Okay. Hence his name. Um, we'll chat up the 20 year old girls on the flight okay. whether they be working there or sitting around him or whatever invites them all on his yacht in Marbella and then wakes up at the end of the flight with a stinking hangover and the no recollection of inviting anybody anywhere <laughs> so he's the Marlborough man right. number three is the Mary and Joseph's and these are the first people on the planet to ever have a kid, apparently. <laughs> oh, no. Now you are pointing at me. <laughs> she says they'll come on with 50 million bags for the baby and 40 bags of homemade food for you to reheat on demand. <laughs> and then they look like they haven't slept in six months and they, ca- they press the call bell every two seconds looking for the cabin temperature to be adjusted. I do remember travelling to Spain on an, on an Air Lingus flight, whatever. Like It wasn't even a big flight, but it was when the twins were very young. So we had like four kids under five, right? And I remember my wife sitting in one seat and then I kind of was in the row of four with all of the kids, whatever. And I'm not joking, like I didn't, I hope I wasn't a Mary and Joseph, but maybe I was. <laughs> but within about 20 minutes, two of the air stewards walking down had one of my twins on each of their hips and they were like wandering up there doing their like in-flight service while carrying a twin. And I was sitting back there with the two boys going... This is actually not bad at all. It's kind of easy. Oh, yeah, because they're literally walking babysitters. Is that what you get when you select the slightly more expensive flight when you're booking it? (laughs) I didn't know this was one of the options. (laughs) No, well, she says this only applies to first-time parents. After the second child, they're liable to walk off the plane leaving their baby in the overhead locker. (laughs) So that's probably more along the lines of what you experienced. Definitely now at this stage, yeah. Um, The fourth one, then, is the princess. So this this is like a girl on her way to becoming a Karen, but she's too young. So she's like maybe in her between twenty and forty. Okay. And she just wants to, she wants the special treatment. She wants to be acknowledged for the special person that she is. <laughs> um, but like she she describes it, they will hit middle age like Cinderella's coach turning into a pumpkin after midnight. They turn into a Karen. Oh no! They hit middle age pre Karen. Uh, she said on her, on a recent flight that she was on, there was a princess who called her and said, there's a man sitting next to me and his toes are pointing directly at me. (laughs) So she had to go, Paula had to go and get a blanket and put them over his toes so that you couldn't see his toes toes pointed anymore. I can see Dave doing that. Dave hates feet so much. He he would actually just fly the plane into the side of a mountain Worst thing this, thought the toes would yeah. end. Worst thing that's ever happened to me is I put my elbow back. I was sitting beside the window and I put my elbow back on the armrest and touched something and said, oh, sorry, and turned around and it was someone's toe. <laughs> Someone put their bare foot up between up on the seats. Footrest. So on, on the window side, against oh, yeah. the side, like like that, that last kind of armrest in beside the window, I moved my elbow back and there was a toe. Disgusting. A bare toe. And then the last one that she talks about is kind of the male version of a Karen. He's called the Entitled Man. And uh, he demands things that he probably knows in his own head are not possible. So she talks about this guy that she had to deal with recently, uh, repeatedly asking to hold his next flight. Uh, He was demanding that I somehow get in touch with a completely different airline with the magic phone that all cabin crew possess and tell him to hold his flight. Uh, So... And then when he missed his flight, then it was her fault. Of course. And he was saying, you told me you'd hold my flight. 
So he's the last one. So are you one of them? So they're the five worst ones. Yeah. So are you one of the five worst possible Maybe you have no control over passengers. it. Maybe, maybe as Dermot said, you get on the plane, something switches on in your brain. Can I just say, I, I'm not going to be popular with this one, but my the one I don't like, the type of passenger I don't like, is the bunch of lads, right, who've been in the airport with taking photos of their passports and pints at 7am. <laughs> now, they're not drunk enough. Everyone hates drunk, properly drunk people who are actually going to cause fights and that. But they're just drunk enough to think everything is... <laughs> safety note comes on. Safety notice is it like that? I'm just like, ah, oh, they're lads. just excited. You for just, you've been a parent too long. You've forgotten what it's like to be that person. Yeah. Maybe so, but that that's really, the best. No, no, not for me. Not as not as a fellow passenger. I Maybe. hate the huffer yeah. puffers. Who the huffer puffers sit in the aisle seat, and I always sit in the window. Mm. And every time you want to get out to go to the toilet or do anything else, they go. <sighs> Okay, and you're like if you're gonna huff and puff and eye roll every time I come in or out, don't sit in the aisle seat. Get can, a window seat. Can I just say for the the mm. aisle seaters, I'm usually a window seater. Yeah, but very heavily pregnant. Going on my last holiday, I had to sit on the aisle seat so I could get in and out, you know, mm-hmm. easily. And there was one air hostess in particular kept banging my arm as she walked by, and I I kept trying to bring my arm in as much as possible. She'd still bang my arm. She probably hates the arm leaner outers, which you are. Like no, well I'm not. No, well I'm not. Oh, well, maybe I was been. at the beginning when she hit it first, and then I was like, oh well, I'm not going to deal with that for hours on a plane. Mm. So I just brought my arm in. She's probably no. bashing off because she's carrying Dave's kids up and down. <laughs> it's very hard to hold two toddlers <laughs> and serve drinks at the same time. Now Maria was just telling us about um, a list that a Kildare air steward has made about the worst possible passengers to be on a plane. And we're asking you, are you one of them? Or do you have a particular type of passenger that you dislike? We were talking about the Joseph and Mary. That was one of them. The people who think they're the first people on planet Earth to ever have children. Uh, Monica's on the phone. Hey, Monica. Hi. Where are you today? I'm trying not to curse. (laughs) (laughs) I know. These people can drive you to it. Where are you? Boyle. Boyle. Count here at Scammon, yeah. Right, okay. So what was your experience of the Mary and Joseph or the Joseph and Mary? <laughs> when you said it, I just thought of them straight away. We were on a flight one time to um, St. Pons, I think it was. But there was a family and um, with the man in particular, the dad in particular, they had two small children and oh, everything he'd done for them, he had to stand up that everyone could see <laughs> being the perfect perfect dad oh he was showing off <laughs> what, what kind of stuff oh, I think so well you know hey like um, well, when my children were small you know you just had your spoon with the calipos but um, you know the last few years they had them syringy things yeah <laughs> like he had to stand up you know and put it up in the air you know how to say how the, the nurse would do it <laughs> <laughs> and then give it, a, give it a little flick with his finger yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like he had to do that and I honestly thought the children they must have been well Josie by the time they got <laughs> <laughs> the amount of cowboy gave them yeah. 10 cc's yes. <laughs> and then the rice cakes and oh, the little bags of food <laughs> I don't know many times he got up he was up and down just to um, get the kids whatever they needed yeah oh, yeah. Well, that, that, is, that is definitely <laughs> one of the most annoying things when people 
refuse to put the stuff under the seat. Oh, and so yes, they keep getting yeah. up and opening up the yes, thing, getting yeah. something out, slamming it closed. They have to keep then shoving all the bags, <laughs> slam it closed. Then they sit down, they go, oh, I forgot my reading glasses. And up they go again. <laughs> Monica, thanks a million. No problem. Bye. 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 Lads, we were on an overnight Japan Airlines flight. We had a fair few beers on and had to press the light each time to get a very small can of beer from the air steward. When we got off, one of them said, in a very nice silk kimono, lined up and said, Goodbye, bing bong men. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody else makes a good point. At this, at this point, I would take all five worst passengers possible sitting beside me if you could guarantee that I could get on a plane and get to my destination. No, that's fair. As our Dermot knows. Well, no, let's not forget, we got on the plane. Yeah. They just took us off the plane and <laughs> said, no holiday for you. Uh, lads, on a flight to Spain last month, the woman behind me said the rosary for the entire flight and she wasn't a nun. Oh my oh, god! She must have been so scared. Yeah, I'd say that was just her you know way what? of dealing the with seat it. Seat leaner backers. Oh, you're looking at one over there. Him, Dermot Whelan is. I can't is a, cope with the seat. I'm a proud seat yeah. leaner backer. Uh, That's why unforgivable. The, the fella. Seat leans back for a goddamn reason. Yeah, when you reason. lean it back, then I have to lean it back. Yeah, no, to give it's me great. the same amount of space. And you get you relaxed as well. No, and then the person behind me then is going this damn seat leaner backer. Paul Anoffy says, "What about well, Dermot? What about short people that don't understand that some people have tall that are tall have long legs and there is no space to recline the seat in front of you, but they decide and ram it back up against your knees until they're bleeding, or you give in and just stand up and walk away." Says Paul Anoffy. Oh. Well, it doesn't. The seat doesn't come back onto your knees. It does if you're tall, like Paul. It comes yeah, it back towards do. your face. Yeah, but if your knees are up, it still leans back if your knees into are, the space. You can't put your table down. That's what I. There are victims, Dermot. He's well, not interested. just make the seat stop reclining then. If that's an issue, <laughs> <laughs> there's a button. There's literally a button. Oh, it's seven four one hundred one zero two. Drop us a text or a WhatsApp today. Oh, if you're how one about of these people? How about the armrest wars? Anne oh, yeah. says, recently on our flight, I was in the middle seat. Hobby was in the window seat. The lady in the aisle seat decided both armrests were hers. Plus, she put her left leg into my footwell for the entire flight. Unacceptable. Oh, okay. No. So I had to squeeze my knees together for the flight. I wanted to deck her. <laughs> See, I think that sometimes, though, you know, we're our own worst enemies. Because someone does that, it's clearly an invasion of your space. Yeah. Like, you're perfectly entitled to go, sorry, would, would you mind moving your leg out? Yeah. And they will go, like, worst that can happen, they'll go... No, worse than that, they go, no, turn into a Karen, call the artist down, start a fight. It all goes on YouTube and TikTok. But I think we do suffer in silence too often when sometimes actually just using our words would actually yeah, help. All the people who've ever sat behind you in an airplane suffer in silence as you lean <laughs> back into their, into their drinks. All they got to do is say, would you, could you put your seat forward? And, and I would, would you go, tell them? Uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> Loads of texts in. Oh, it's seven four one hundred one zero two. Uh, talking about we're talking to Neve Brady there from a betterworkday.com about the camera on, camera off debate around Zoom or Teams or Google Meet or whatever it is you use. Uh, someone says on Teams you can save a photo that will be displayed instead of a blank screen. I think that makes a difference. Yeah, it does actually. Um, although it better be a good photo because sometimes people have a, a kind of a slightly strange expression. Like if you look, if you look a little bit startled. 
then you're going to look like that for the entire thing. Uh, so you better make sure it's a good photo, you're happy with it, and it doesn't suggest any other emotion. What about your best holiday snap? You know, just like you like, <laughs> yeah. lying down. Best life. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Might set the, give the wrong image to your boss. Possibly. Uh, someone says, for the entire pandemic, I've worked a good 95% remote and continue to do so. I've anywhere from one to all day meetings back to back, and I can happily say my camera has been on maybe five times. Okay, well, Nile and Donegal says, I've been working home for the past nine years. So he's well used to this. And he says, I still don't know what half my team looks like. We never have cameras on. So I suppose if it's just a culture in your company not to have them on, then that's easy for everybody. Kevin says, if I'm paying you for the meeting, then you will have your camera on. Otherwise, come into the office. Oh, Kevin. Kevin. You're a tiger. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> uh, okay, 087-4100-102. You want to get in touch today. We were talking about flying there a few minutes ago as well. Maria was telling us the worst kind of flyers that an air steward from Kildare has put on. Uh, we got loads of voice notes in 87 102 Ken was talking about this. Hi Dermot, hi Dave. Um, me and my wife were on an Aer Lingus flight about 12, 13 years ago to Salou. And when we landed in Salou, a passenger opened the overhead locker and out fell the smallest box of milk tray <laughs> and hit another passenger on the shoulder. No, when I landed on the shoulder, well, you'd swear the passenger that got hit with the milk tray got shot. <laughs> fell on the floor, screaming. <laughs> Wasn't able to stand up, getting tend to was dizzy, getting sick. Had to be carried off the plane in an ambulance. <laughs> what? I certainly hope he's okay. Self-entitled. Self-entitled. Wow. Well, there's only one caramel in there. Like, it wasn't that heavy. <laughs> Definitely not. Ellen is on the line. Hello, Ellen. Oh. Who do you hate on airplanes? <laughs> Uh, the people who jump up as soon as the plane stops before oh. <laughs> like and you know what we'll all go in here oh yeah we hate them but they're most of the people on the yes. plane so yeah, most the of the people listening to us right now Ellen are the stander uppers yeah oh, see, I happen to tell you well I, I mean most of the time because if I'm going away with my mum and she's disabled, we're always the last people off so yeah. I see everything and they jump up they're getting their bags they're elbowing people you've got you know the wrong people parts in your face their arses are in so, your face yeah. and that's yeah. what you're trying to say yes <laughs> I, I, but, I didn't want to say it what you're going to say <laughs> uh, but it is because you feel like going like you're going nowhere, nowhere. And because yeah. as soon as the plane starts it's hit the ground and it's just starting to slow down you hear the first belt buckle go and oh, you think who yeah. is that? Who are you? Come here let <laughs> me see you but they're also Ellen, you they're yeah. the same people who get to the gate uh, with like 40 minutes to go and stand, oh in, the and stand in the queue. Why are you standing in the queue? Why, why do you want to sit in the plane for longer than yeah. is necessary? Wait yeah, and be the exactly. last person. I'd queue to be the last person, not the first yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, yeah. I'd be the same. Especially in someone when you're checking in. Some of the places are little tiny little holes where you can stay and wait. And you're just, oh, yeah, done too many of them who over. So I'm like, no, I will be the last person happily getting on that plane. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right, <laughs> uh, thanks, Emil. No worries, See you later. Bye. Bye. Listen to this voice note from Jessica. I obviously no idea whether this is true or not, but... Lads was on a flight from Glasgow Airport yesterday and someone thought it would be really funny to drop a bag and shout bomb. Mayhem. Half the airport was evacuated. And, yeah, it was all a hoax, but still scary. Would someone actually do it? Still do that? Like, do you remember even in Meet the Fockers, Gaylord was on the, the flight going, bah, 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 and he got, like, super arrested. Like, even if you've only learned it from that movie. Uh, there's always some, some 
young fella probably thought it was hilarious. Oh, no, that was a great pay in the price. Dermot Dave on a flight back from Paris recently. The flight was delayed because we had to wait for a family to board. Then they came on with massive shopping bags, ended up in the seats in front of me. If that wasn't bad enough, the woman changed her baby's nappy on the little tray table. <laughs> the smell. <laughs> that is not allowed. That is a tray table for eating, not for changing stinky nappies. That's so bad. Alex, I'm sorry you had to go through that. The story. Today FM. Okay, joining us now is Kieran from Navin. How you doing, Kieran? How are you how are you getting on, Ari? Getting on great. We can't wait to hear your story. What's the story? So literally I was in um I was going back from Spain a couple of weeks ago and uh, I was uh, I had the Invisalign braces in. So you take them out to eat and drink and everything else. I was standing at the bar in, in the airport, uh was queuing up to get a flight and Quite delayed, going to get a bite to eat, took out the Invisalign, uh, all grand, ate and drank, and then turned around, knocked over an old Spanish lady's bag. So her wheelie trolley bag, the handle was up, her handbag was on it, knocked the whole thing flying. <laughs> in the meantime, I happened to be just popping back my Invisalign braces in, they fell on the floor. The old lady started going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, my dentures have fallen out. <laughs> Takes the dentures, all mortified, puts them in her handbag and walks off. Oh no, and they're not her dangerous. So she's I'm she's walking away. Bag. She's walking to the airport. I'm grabbing my bag, trying to get myself, make sure I don't miss the flight and everything else going after her, ship her in the shoulder. She's looking at me as if I have two heads, hasn't a clue what I'm talking about. She goes, I'm embarrassed, I'm embarrassed, leave me alone, my dentures, I don't know if they're in or out, I'm sorry. So I'm trying to tell her, not your dentures, it's my Invisalign brace. <laughs> She's literally looking like I'm trying to attack her. I'm pointing at her handbag. She's taking it away as I'm trying to rob it. <laughs> so hang on. Do you speak Spanish and does she speak English or is this all gestures? I have no Spanish and she had very little English. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm trying to point out that her teeth are still in her mouth. She's kind of covering her mouth because she thinks her dentures are on, in her handbag. <laughs> so grab a guy in the airport who's Spanish tried to explain to him what retainers were. He didn't have a clue what I was talking about. <laughs> he then eventually after a minute or two, the conversation goes and he tells her to reach into the bag, takes them out, they're covered in fluff and whatever else in the middle of the handbag. <laughs> Gross. Gross for both of you, yes. <laughs> he hands them back to me and I'm kind of going, right, better run to get the flight. So, I'd give them a quick rinse before they went back in anywhere. Well, did the old lady think that you had just wanted to take her dentures home with you? Yeah. Yeah, she had no idea what I was talking about. She, she was mortified because she thought her dentures, dentures had fallen out. She couldn't understand why I was so bloody hell-bent on getting her dentures out of her handbag. <laughs> the Irish denture fetish guy know, is yeah. around the airport. Yeah. <laughs> At this stage, there was, a, there was a few people gathering because I think they thought I was attacking her or something like oh, that. Oh, God. It was a bit of a... A mob growing for me against the, the old Spanish lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are the teeth looking? Yeah, they're great now. This is, I think, this is week 16 or 17, so that's great. Right. Oh, good stuff. So when will you be kind of Invisalign free, do you think? Uh, I think, but I've got to wear them at night now for six months. And that'll, right. be it, that'll be it done now. But, uh, yeah. Great I'm, stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm well, more like... careful about where I put them and where <laughs> they go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Definitely, because I remember well, I had them, and at the start, because they put these kind of nibs on your teeth. Yeah, um, they're quite hard to remove in the early days. You really have to yeah. pull really hard down. So you got to put both your hands in a claw shape and reef yeah. them off your teeth. And I remember the first time I went out to a restaurant for you know with these things in my mouth. I I'd sat down at the table and I thought, oh, crap, I, I, I can't eat with these things in. So I don't want to start trying to take them out at the table. That's gross. So I went, if you'll just excuse me for a minute, i got to go to the toilet. So I got up and instead of going to the loo, I went outside the, the window of the restaurant, not realising that everyone I'd been sitting with could see me through the glass. <laughs> so suddenly I walk out and I stand there and then all they see is I'm putting two hands in my mouth and going, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a nervous breakdown outside the restaurant. They came back in. So, how's everything? And they're all like, what is wrong with you? Jeez, lads, maybe the crooked teeth is worth hanging on to. I don't know <laughs> yeah, if this is yeah, worth it so, at all. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Thanks so much, Kieran. No matter, lads. See you, bye. Keep the good work. Thanks. Thanks, bye. bye. The story. Today FM. Wait for the stink. What? Said Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell when talking about washing their kids. Wait for the stink. Yeah, they reckon we wash children too much, so they wait for the stink. Okay. Did you yeah. know that Jake Gyllenhaal claims he doesn't find bathing to be necessary? Wow. <laughs> I liked Jake Gyllenhaal up until this point. string of ex-girlfriends didn't agree with him. <laughs> uh, but the reason I'm talking about washing or smelling uh, is because apparently we've all been applying deodorant wrong. What? When? How do you put on yours? Out of the shower, moisturise. You moisturise your pits. No, moisturise my face. <laughs> my face and right. my neck and whatever. And then, squirt, squirt. I'm done. Spray, not roll on. No, spray. Straight You've away. moved on from the roll on mum. I got you. <laughs> yes. I, I gave that to my own mum, actually. <laughs> so you can have this. Um, well, apparently, uh, a chap has gone viral on TikTok, a man with no medical credentials whatsoever. And he's claiming that we've actually all been applying our deodorant wrong our whole lives. Um, now, this man uh, called at Sydney Raz. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, can I just ask, why does somebody telling us how to apply the other need to be a doctor? <laughs> Are we not okay to take advice from whoever? I would have taken a scientist. A scientist, okay. But this very keen TikToker does cite an article by Garnier, which then internally cites other nameless doctors. <laughs> so I think it's legit. Apparently, the most effective time of day to apply deodorant is... At night time before you go to bed. What? And it is especially important to apply uh, your antiperspirant at night as opposed to your deodorant. Of course, deodorant just copes with the smell. Antiperspirant uh, blocks the pores so the sweat doesn't actually come out. But hang on a second. Because, you know, sweat glands are a waste of time, apparently. <laughs> no use whatsoever. Ask any panting dog. They'll tell you. Um, come here. What? Why would you put your antiperspirant on then get up in the morning have a shower and presumably, I hope, wash your armpits. Well, because then you'd wa- surely you'd wash off the anti. Is this here comes? Hang the, on, here comes the non-science bit. Okay, right. So, for the vast majority of people who do not have an issue with excess sweating, says a doctor, using antiperspirant first thing in the morning is still okay. Okay, it doesn't require any habit change if you just sweat a normal amount. Okay, so don't panic. But if you are like the kind of person I used to be in my younger days where I had to constantly dry my pits on hand dryers in men's toilets before then returning to company. Um, 
then maybe you need to know this because apparently those of you who sweat a lot will benefit from using their antiperspirant nitrogen because our sweat glands are the least active while we're sleeping. So it's more likely to work for the advertised 24 hours. If you put it on before you go to sleep. Are these the same people who shower at night and then go to sleep? <laughs> if you're planning to apply antiperspirant before bed, Dr. Portella recommends. There's, <laughs> he has a name. There's a man with a name now. Finally. Uh, cleaning your underarms beforehand and making sure they're completely dry before applying antiperspirant. So at night time, wash your armpits, dry them completely, then spray on your spray, then get into bed. None of this. And then like. your sweat glands will be going... <laughs> <laughs> Why is it not coming out? We've loads of sweat. I can't get it out. All perfectly healthy. <laughs> Dr. Andrew said there's no need to ever wear deodorant. Sweat is a myth. It's Dr. Andrew, do you get it? Yes, yes. Uh, guys, I can totally vouch you and roll on antiperspirant at night time before bed. He's sweat profusely from underarms and since doing this, I'm dry as a bone all day. It's proven to work, wow. says David in Dublin. A survey of one, but listen, if it works, it works. So he dries his pits. Puts on the antiperspirant, gets into bed, dry as a bone for the entire day following. Paul Wexford says, Dermot, you're having a conversation about cleanliness with a man who's too lazy to bend down in the shower to wash his <laughs> knees and beyond. You're, you're right. absolutely right. You're right, Paul. No intention of doing it. Um, yes, this is true. My husband totally believes this. He showers at night as he leaves for work at 5am. He never smells, so it definitely works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, we've had somebody sing their excitement. About Dave's bad jokes. Are you ready for this? We want your stupid jokes, jokes, Dave. Jokes, 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 Dave. Yes. Bit of Lady Gaga. Stupid, stupid love, stupid, stupid jokes. Dave's world, Dave's world. If we don't let him do it, he gets ratty. Bad jokes edition. Right, it's today, FM. It's Dermot and Dave. I don't think anything I say is going to be as funny as Cahill's face when he ate a salted pretzel there and yeah. it was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, Dermot, I thought they were sweet. You were like, have this, it's lovely. Had it with my cup of tea, we bang a salt off it. Uh, Rotten. The clue was in the name, salted you pretzel. You just said pretzel, have the pretzel. <laughs> There's nothing more delicious than a salted pretzel. No, Cahill. thank you. Uh, contractually obliged, Cahill is here to contractually laugh for all his jokes. Mm. Dermot has the right to not laugh, but Cahill doesn't. <laughs> and actually, Cahill sent the first joke, not you, a different Cahill. Oh, he thanks. says, for the day that's in it, Dave. This was yesterday, 4th of July. Do you know where the Declaration of Independence was signed? At the bottom of the page. Ah. <laughs> At the bottom of the page, guys. Such a clever dad joke, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's smug. Molly was on to us with a joke. Hi, Dermot and Dave. My name's Molly. I'm, I'm six and a half. And and what's a cow's favourite website? Moo Choo. <laughs> Actually, the kids are on fire. Yesterday was my young fella's birthday party. We had a football mm. party yesterday even. And Jamie, one of the lads at the party, said, I've got a joke for you. I've got a joke for you. He's like, right, tell me. He said, I've started eating Kinder Eggs for breakfast. I'm full of surprises, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. Dave says, I ain't much of a looker, which is why I often nearly get run over when I cross the road. <laughs> <laughs> Paul says, they say whale noises are supposed to be calming, but I've been making them for 10 minutes and everyone at work is really angry with me. <laughs> Tony says, how much would it cost to buy a singing ensemble? Don't you mean a choir? Fine. How much would it cost to acquire a singing ensemble? <laughs> oh, God. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
Stephen says, any recommendations for music to listen to while I'm fishing? Something catchy, please. Uh. <laughs> Derek says, someone accused me of stealing their Kit Kat. Give me a break. No, you're not getting that Kit one. Break. Polly says, Dave, you love a fact. I do. Did you know this one? The tradition of the DJ playing an extra track at the end of the night once the lights are up was pioneered in Valencia in 1952 by Spanish club legend Juan Mortun. (laughs) (laughs) Tony says, I just got back from visiting a lovely little place in Wales. Sorry, I got a hair in my throat there. I went to Swansea. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know what was happening. <laughs> Chucky Wonky Dave says, Dave, you got to tell people to be careful out there. I got seriously addicted going to auctions. And that was only after going once, going twice, going three times. <laughs> Terry says, I just saw a drug dealer outside my local supermarket. He's calling himself Pablo Tesco Bar. <laughs> God. <laughs> Luke says my wife just accused me of looking like someone who doesn't know how to shave properly bloody cheek <laughs> and Dave says you think that's bad Luke my wife wants a divorce over my love of walkie talkies I think my marriage is over over <laughs> <laughs> and finally Neil says my wife's not happy about the fake Rolex I bought she's been giving out to me since like 11.73 this morning <laughs> Pamela Joyce has walked in and told. Got to breathe there for a minute. (laughs) In through your nose, out through your mouth. Uh, Pamela walked in and said, "Play this." I have I have the worst job known to womankind to do today. The worst job known to womankind, which is up there with giving birth. Oh my God! Well, Maria's about to do that, so she'll be the judge of that. What is it? I have to go shopping for jeans. (laughs) (laughs) Maria, you feel my pain. You agree? Why? Why? What's the problem? It's just awful. First of all, my legs are about a centimeter long, so nothing ever fits me, (laughs) and I have to roll everything up. Okay. And then you have to contend with like, do I go flares? Because flares are back. Do I go skinny jeans? Do I go mom jeans? Do I have to get a belt? I'm, I'm, I'm this size in this shop I'm a different size in this shop I've actually heard that I saw some TikToks on that recently that like uh, a 12 in one shop yeah. is like an 18 in another yeah. shop and it's like an 8 in another shop what's that about? It's so bizarre the sizing is just all over the shop it's, it's not a good time for anybody and then right. like you're going in and out and you're like can I just like H&M and Zara are right beside each other yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't want to put my jeans back I'm like can I just take my pants off and go H&M shop and walk over in my knickers to Zara so they I don't should, have to take my shoes and my jeans off again you should really have some kind of a portal between the two and you can it's just just the effort of taking your pants on and off and getting on and on but sorry okay is this specific to women though I mean do, do men not face the same issues um, I would think it is the distribution of fat on the lady's body makes it difficult sometimes to pull the Do you think up. genetically it's just tougher? Our arse is getting the way. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. I did, I did once get stuck in a pair of jeans in a super dry in Dundrum and had to ask the poor <laughs> girl to come into the changing room and ho- pull the jeans oh, off my legs no. in my jocks. So oh, that was no, bad. that's not great. How that, you, like, were they very skinny jeans? Uh, uh, yeah, skinny jeans plus my calves equal not a good idea. Men generally <laughs> just wear like straight line jeans, don't they? Well, that's the thing. I think that's why it's easier for us because our our jean shape doesn't vary yeah. that much. 
our waist size is like a, a 30 might be a 32. Yeah. But that's as bad as it gets, I think. It doesn't fluctuate as, as much as wildly as women's. And it's it, like, again, even depending on the style of the jeans, it could be a different size. So you're going in laden down with denim and you might walk out with nothing. And it's wow. crippling. So and don't even get me started on bra shopping. That's on the list as well. That's a different day's discussion. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it's a good feeling, Dave. Um... It's a, gut, it's a gut feeling. Piling on the pounds. <laughs> Our drive to work is making myself and Dave fat because uh, we were chatting this morning we both realised that we suffer from the same affliction. Mm. We are absolutely susceptible to burger advertising first thing in the morning. And only, like, I could drive past an ad for any fast food at three o'clock in the afternoon and go, meh, okay. Yeah, don't even, I don't even see them. No. But... I seem to see every burger ad on the way in. Like, it, what was it? Like, 7 a.m. and an ad for a Supermax chicken breast sandwich. Like, I, I would have driven the car through the billboard if I thought that it, I might get a taste of it. <laughs> and this wasn't one I just of those... put my head out the window as I'm crashing through it and licked the ad <laughs> just before the car burst into flames. I would do that if I thought I, would, I could taste that burger. This wasn't some kind of fancy digital ad where the... Do you ever see those where the, the, the fried chicken falls down onto the burger and little bits of the crispy bits fall <laughs> off? They, they do things to me. But, but yeah. this was just a picture. But also, my brain doesn't care. Like, it's not brand loyal. Mm. Like, two minutes later, I see one for an egg McMuffin. Something about have the best breakfast or whatever. Obviously, a McDonald's. And I'm like, I have no loyalty to Supermax now. <laughs> I must only be McDonald's and I will eat all the McMuffins. Do you then want them later on? In like, the day? Yeah. No. See, here's the thing. I, I do. I was influenced the other day by a new poster I saw that said, Tiramisu McFlurry. Oh, wow. Right? I was like, I love Tiramisu. And McFlurry, obviously, he has a special place in pretty much everyone's heart. So I was like, I am decision made. So I said over the weekend, I said, kids, we're, we're going to McDonald's. They're like, yay, that is like, yeah. And Trace like, what? Broccoli. He's like, no broccoli. We're going to McDonald's because I want a tiramisu McFurry. Went to Why does he say tiramisu? I was trying to ignore What? What did I say, what? Tiramisu. That's what I said. You say tiramisu. Tiramisu. No, you say tiramisu. It sounds like an order to someone called Sue. Hearing me, Sue, please. <laughs> but not wait till the kids have gone to bed. Well, I, if you want to get linguistic, I think it is an order. I think it is an, in, in, in Italian. It's pick me up. Tiramisu. So I think pick it, me up, Sue. I think it is. Anyway, that doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, whatever weird I'm just way saying I say what it. all the listeners are thinking. Because <laughs> they're all flinching. I was just trying to get past it. Yeah. yeah. I thought he'd correct it next time, but no, he kept, he kept going for it. I don't know what's happening. Tiramisu. <laughs> A carry Italian man. <laughs> so I piled all the kids into the car. And then when you get to McDonald's, obviously you've got the shouting in the ear. No, oh, I want a hamburger body meal, but no cheese. Drive through or do you bring him in? Oh, drive through. Drive through. So you're shouting at me, whatever. So I order everything. And I drive back then with the kids like starting to ease the things. And I'm getting back to the house. And then I realized, <laughs> I get pull up to the house. I forgot to get this. 
Tiramisu. <laughs> McFlurry. I never got it. So I've now won McFlurry down, even though it was the whole oh, reason. No. To, I'm a terrible influenced person. Uh, I uh, My last trip to McDonald's actually with Rian, he was mad about the Sonic movie and was dying for the Sonic movie to come out. Saw an ad on telly that Sonic was coming out. Yeah. And he really wanted the toy in the Happy Meal, the Sonic Happy Meal. Okay. So he was at me and at me and I said, okay, we'll go. So we went to drive through. I said to your woman on the first, you know, when you put your order in, I said, do you have any Sonic toys? Can I just make sure we're going to get one? Mm. Yes, I have two left. I'll put one in and make sure it's there. That was sound. So he heard it, Green heard it, and he was like, yay, mommy. So he was so excited. Got to the next window, paid. Great. Got to the window to collect it. They were after giving the two Sonic toys they had left to the car in front of me. Oh. In their Happy Meals. Oh, no. And I said, I'm sorry. And he, she said, oh, yeah, it's just a mistake. We just get on. I said, well, well. You're going to have... What do you What do you expect me to do with him now? He's four. He's going to cry the whole way home that he doesn't have a Sonic toy. Can you have another look? Uh, no, like, we don't have any of that. I said, you're going to have to look again. I'm not moving until you... And I turned into one of those mama bears and ended up... They went up and checked a stock room <laughs> and they were like, uh, oh, we found two. Can you just pull up outside and we'll drop them out to you? So pulled up outside, she dropped them out. Thank you very much. Gave them to him. He was delighted. We went home. <laughs> I love your idea. Like, I'm not moving. I'm going to sit here uh, w- with my child and I'm not going to I need to go to the toilet or go to sleep until you somehow magically Just tell my four-year-old he can have something and then give it to someone else and then I have to deal with the aftermath. Well, I get the impression that maybe you were more hysterical than he was. <laughs> he, was he was sitting in the back. He was like, Mommy, why are you shouting? <laughs> <laughs> because, because you're upset, Ryan. Uh, look at my child he's hysterical he's on the verge of tears mommy mommy <laughs> it's fine mommy shut up it's not fine so I don't think I can go to McDonald's again lads you're like Homer Simpson both of you says the text in 87 Uh Dave learn how to say it if you're going to talk about it you pronounce it so weird I don't know say, it, just say, it, no, say it the way you always say it now tiramisu yeah tiramisu what do you say tiramisu people you, say a mesu oh, you not say misu me. How do you spell it? T I R M T R A M I S U. Yeah. Tiramisu. 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 Well, anyway, according to the people on the text on 0874102, Tiramisu McFlurry is the biggest letdown ever. It's like an ice cream with sheep's droppings in it. Yuck, so disappointed. I picked the bits out, not even mixed in. What is tiramisu again? Is that like a coffee flavour? Yeah, so coffee or liqueur, yeah. Yeah. And you soak these kind of finger biscuits in the... the ones from the trifle. Those, yeah. yeah, the finger they biscuits, are the finger biscuits from the, tri- from the trifle. Sponge fingers. Yeah, they get soaked in this liquid and yeah. then you pile <laughs> mascarpone cheese on top ah, of that. This no. is a terrible idea. What? It's so good, it is. Tiramisu. But it's, it's, it's like an adult dessert. It's perfect. You wouldn't like it as a kid. No. My, that's one of the reasons I love it because my kids go, they look at it oh, I'm not going to eat that. And then they just eat whatever Tracy has. It's brilliant. <laughs> I don't like when desserts are soaked in booze. Why not? You know that thing? Yeah. Oh my God, there's so much rum in it. You're like, what? What's that for? <laughs> sign that, sign that me in up. There? More, please. <laughs> oh, 087-4100-102 drops a text or a WhatsApp. Are you got you your also- birthday cake and we just poured some petrol in it. <laughs> it's not Enjoy. petrol. <laughs> <laughs> you also influenced by early morning drives past 
fast food commercials. Or, or, what are the ads that just get you? No matter what. That you, you think you're, you're, you know, you're too grown up and too mentally powerful to be susceptible to these things. But then you see an ad for something and it gets to you. I, I, for me, it's obviously, it's burgers in the morning. And I, I would eat wall-to-wall burgers pre-10am <laughs> and then give out about people who eat them after that. <laughs> talking this morning about being influenced by ads and then not being able to resist whatever it is the ads are hocking around although people are just slagging me for the way I say tiramisu Morning guys just the way Dave says tiramisu it sounds like he was playing five aside and he went oh jeez I think I just tiramisu <laughs> It's the me part that seems to be annoying everybody I just thought that's the way it was pronounced Sorry uh, Actually no hang on Claudio's on the phone from Cork he's Italian Hi Claudio Hi how are you? Ciao Ciao. Ciao. Uh, I'm Dave, and I say tiramisu. What do you think of my pronunciation? Hey, you are saying it perfectly. I said finally someone is saying it properly. Yes! And then they laugh at you. Grazie! Molto grazie! Molto grazie! It's, it's tiramisu. Yeah, you're saying it perfectly. See, that's it. These Philistines across from me and the listeners, they all just like say to themselves, uh, it's, it's pronounced it's Palestine. <laughs> well, hang on a second. You say, you, Claudio, you said yeah. ti- tiramisu, didn't you? Tiramisu. Tiramisu. You don't say that, Dave. You you half say it like us two, <laughs> and then you kind of say it like. Hang on, Claudio rang in to the radio station <laughs> yeah, to tell no, me I say, say it perfectly. Tiramisu. Well, Dave, Dave, I would argue. I would argue about the tiramisu from McDonald's. That's another issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's more insulting to the Italians. Than <laughs> exactly. But you're saying it right. Anyway. I'm saying it right. Anyway, that's, that's okay. Hey, and, and is there anything else that really annoys you? Uh, Claudio, in terms of the thing, kinds of things that we say and Italian things that we get wrong. No, not no. Like it's, sometimes it's funny to hear the pronunciation, but you mm. probably find it funny the way I speak English. So, well, you speak English <laughs> a lot better than we speak Italian. No. So let's be honest. And I'd say there's a lot of women who are leaning a little bit closer to their radios and smart speakers <laughs> right nah. now. Uh, but come my, here, my does, girlfriend is probably listening. So, <laughs> does it annoy you, Claudio, the way Irish people ask for a panini, which is? The equivalent oh, of asking yeah, that's, for that's, that's a sandwiches. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Panini would be plural in Italian. So we should be saying, can I have a panino? Panino, exactly. Oh, right. Yeah, but Claudio, when that. you walk into a deli to order a panino, you don't say panino, do you? No, I actually say panino. Yeah, there you go. That's terrible. We've, we've broken him. I say gnocchi and I say tagliatelle. Ah, you don't say gnocchi, do you? Well, c- c- no. Can, can you tell the world how to pronounce, just tell Ireland how to pronounce that properly and we can move on with our lives? Gnocchi. Gnocchi. Okay. Italians have very few pronunciation exceptions and one is GN together, you, you read it as gn. Gnocchi. So it's gnocchi. And the CC as well is a, is a hard, isn't it? Or is it the CH? Exactly. But... CH, you read it as a K. So. K. Okay. And I know my brother lives near Milan. And Milano. <laughs> Milano. And uh, near Lago Maggiore. And he, I went down, I was staying with him one time, and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon, and we sat down at a cafe, and I said, can I have a cappuccino? And before I could get the words out, he was like, no! Don't order a cappuccino after 10 a.m. What? Or you'll get slapped in the face. What? Why is that, Claudio? It's just, no, 10 a.m. is a bit extreme. Like, it, it would be a morning thing anyway. Like, I went for lunch yesterday, and the, the cafe asked me if I wanted a cappuccino before my meal. That's something we'll never do in Italy, but... Why are you waiting? Do you want the coffee? And I said, no, I want the coffee at the end, not at the start. But let's, 
And Every place has his own tradition, I suppose. But cappuccinos, uh, traditionally, are drank in the morning time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you will do it. It will be your, like your breakfast drink or a very oh. early. Like it's the first drink you have in the morning, yeah. It's the milky one. Yeah, and, yeah. And then later in the day, then what would you order if you wanted a coffee? Espresso, usually. Yeah, the, the small, the small one. Tiny cup. Yeah, see how he said that? Espresso, not expresso. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> that, that, that no one says me. espresso. And <laughs> loads of people say espresso. <laughs> do. And also people who think they're making the right effort and they go, can I have the bruschetta? And it's like, bruschetta! What are you doing? You've got to make the effort. <laughs> oh, Claudio, thank you so much for justifying my pronunciation of oh, tiramisu. Actually, before you go, uh, obviously, we're suddenly in the last couple of years mad into our um, what you call the, the Italian ice cream gelato. gelato. Oh, gelato. What do you yeah. think of the quality of Irish gelato? No, now now you can definitely find find places that do good gelato. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's the it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the top, the top of the top, but still, like I would give him a, a an eighty out of hundred. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty good. If, if you go to the right places, yeah. All right, we'll have to get the right places list <laughs> off you, Claudio. <laughs> Claudio. There are a couple here in Cork that do decent, decent gelato. I can't complain. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right, listen. Thanks for talking to us, Claudio. No worries. Ciao. Bye. 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 Uh, I talked to him all day. Four, four, one, one, I, know. I feel like we didn't get to the bottom of all the Italian I didn't things. I get to ask him if he's watching Love Island. <laughs> and if he's watching Davide in oh, Love Island. Oh, there's an Italian lad in Love Island. Yeah, he sounds exactly like him. All oh, right, okay. We're just talking to Conor O'Donovan there as the casting producer with Kite Entertainment who's making a new TV show about finding love in rural Ireland and how difficult it can be for people in rural Ireland to use dating apps and stuff because the sheer lack of numbers means that the same people come up over and over and over again. You're like, I've already dated him and that's the parish priest. I'm not getting involved. And the idea, <laughs> <laughs> and the idea is that the city people then go down to the countryside and consider a new way of life mm. yeah, and find love while they're at it. Someone says the same show is huge in France and there are a lot of love stories coming out of it. It's also so nice to learn about rural and farm work. Well, I suppose, yes, if you're not interested in love and you just want to learn about how a sheep farm works, then this could be the show yeah. for you. But also, not everyone who lives in rural Ireland is a farmer. I mean, let's <laughs> point that out. As much as Dublin people would like it to be true. Uh, we were also speculating with Connor about the name of the show, but Connor wouldn't give that away because he said that, no, look, come on, we can't be doing that. We'll reveal that at a later date. I don't even know what channel it's for. But anyway, there are suggestions coming in of what the show could actually be called. Landlocked is one. Yeah, sex not in the city, says Nigel in League Slip. That's very good. And someone says, uh, rural romance, road frontage, farmers with benefits. <laughs> love inland as opposed to love island. Love inland. <laughs> Although I'm sure there are rural places on the coast. Land lovers is another option. And uh, a European truck driver has been onto us, says out for usually three weeks at a time, sometimes up to five. I never know where I'll be. Was heading for Sweden now, but had to change trailer and turn back in Belgium. When I get home, it's only two to three days um, and off again. Some job to find love with that crack. Yeah, and then we had a message in from Anne-Marie as well. Hang on, you'll hear Anne-Marie now. Hey, guys. Yeah, um, life on Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, Facebook dating and Plenty Fish is not an easy life. Um, I don't know if it's anything to do with my radius, but definitely it's, it's just tough in general. Um, between the ghosting, the catfishing, the uh, talking for like two days and then just disappearing. It's not an easy way of life. So um, my sympathies go out to all of us who are suffering.
Well, Lizzie, it sounds like Anne-Marie, um, maybe rural dating TV show might be the answer for you. Who yeah, knows? And it's hard. If, you can, if you're not just bumping into loads of new people, you know, you're going to end up on those sites and, you know, that's when you get the, the messers and the weirdos and all that kind of mm. stuff. Um, I think the best name title suggestion for this TV show has yeah. come in. Quitty City Bang Bang. <laughs> Perfect. We'll send it on to the producers. There could be still time to change there. <laughs> Quitty City Bang Bang. Some of the names are still flying in, by the way, for the uh, new love TV show, the rural love oh, yeah. TV show that's coming on. Where people move from the city to the country to find love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gowls in the city, says Neil from Kildare. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know who he's insulting at that one, to be honest with you. Culture courting is another one. And muck and make up. <laughs> Again, I'm not altogether sure these ones are going to fly, but keep them coming in well, on 087 for 100 102. Remember, the name to beat is Quitty City Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> sure, look at it. Isn't that it? CCC, that's what we've been trying to solve for, it seems like, decades now. CCC, it goes up by 50 quid every single day. It started at just 250 euro. Now it's up to 1,850 euro. Two clues we gave you. It's the little things, and it's a bit edgy. Katie Fleming is in Scaries today in County Dublin. Hello, Katie. Hey, guys, how are you? <laughs> sure, look at isn't that it? Katie, you just want a bright yellow Dermot and Dave today. If I'm sure, look at it. Isn't that a t shirt? <laughs> well done. You're so <laughs> style. <laughs> What's <laughs> going on with you, Katie? What are you up to? Uh, no, not much. Just working from home on a coffee break now. So and how's working from home? Is it okay? Yeah, it's grand, grand. We're kind of like a few days in the office now, a few days at home. So and what do you do? I work for a betting exchange in customer service. Okay. So. So do you get lots yeah. of happy people or lots of angry people? <laughs> um, kind of a bit of both, but uh, it's all good. All mm, it's all good. It. So yeah. you're enjoying the hybrid life, are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, all good. Good to see you. Well, now you'll have the yellow t-shirt when you walk into the office next time and go, That's guys, it. No, check no, me no. out. <laughs> and we heard yesterday, Katie, that uh, from our productivity coach, Neve Brady, that office forced fun has been essentially killed off by covid how do you feel about that? Do you like these sort of team building outings or are you glad to see the back of them? Uh, I kind of, I could have took the early season to be honest and I started working there remotely so for me it was kind of like uh, not missing anything anyway. <laughs> what? You don't want forced Friday pints? I do. <laughs> the Friday ones are the fine. It's, it's, pizza. it's the Wednesday and Thursday ones. They're the hard work. Uh, Katie, you sound like you're in your groove. You sound like you've got it all worked out. Let's see if you got the right answer. CCC. I think it might be caught cutting corners. Caught cutting corners. Okay, so it's a bit edgy. You're using that clue for that one, are you? Yeah, and then it's the little things, so like little shortcut. But I don't know, this is coming between me and my sleep. I'm dreaming about it and all. <laughs> I had a dream uh, that I went on the lash with Conor McGregor. Wow. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, and... <laughs> easily went, oh, God. <laughs> poor fella. No, it was great crack. Uh, it was in Holt, where I live. But then I passed out because they were doing shots. And then I woke up again in my dream and we were in the Seychelles. 
<laughs> wow, he took you in his we'd, Lamborghini speedboat. No, we'd flown on a private jet. <laughs> wow. And I was like, lads, where are we? And they're like, you're in the Seychelles. Oh, man, now. And then I was like, and then, of course, the rest of the dream then was just me looking for my stuff. <laughs> you know? Wow. You know Take advantage <laughs> of the private jet on the Seychelles beach. <laughs> you know those dreams, Katie, where just, it's such a waste of time. You're just constantly going, has anyone seen my coat? <laughs> Katie, caught cutting corners is the wrong answer. Oh, well. Sorry about that. Yes, you do. We'll send you out the t shirt. <laughs> Cheers, guys. All right. Bye, Katie. Bye. bye. See you later. Bye. We got Marie McGowan, who's in Donegal today. Hello, Marie. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. What are you up to? Anything exciting? I am just watching the rain. Watching the rain. You <laughs> should, should get a television, Marie. It'll blow your I mind. Know. Yeah, I can't afford the light. <laughs> <laughs> Marie, so, watching the rain. That's Is it drizzle? Is it heavy? What kind of rain is it? No, it's kind of just a light mist. A light mist. Mm. I'd say Donegal has a little bit of that sometimes. Constant, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's see. CCC, 1,850 euro. What do you think it is, Marie? I think it's cut children's crusts. Cut children's crusts. Are you using the clues? Yes, yeah. So it's the little things, I suppose. Yeah. They they would be children. Yeah. Um, and the crusts. And it's a bit edgy. Yeah. Edge Edges, of the bread. Edge of the bread, yeah. Yep. Marie, have you got kids? Are you cutting your own children's crusts? Oh, grandchildren. Grandchildren <laughs> at this stage. Yes. They still demand the same things. They still want their yeah. crusts cut off their toast yeah. or whatever, yeah. 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 And it. their grapes peeled. It's just the edge <laughs> of the loaf, really. Sorry, what? They want their grapes peeled? <laughs> What kind of little, um, little D- lords and ladies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peeled, peeled grapes. Yes. Marie McGowan and Donegal, you're right! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> wow. CCC is absolutely cut children's crusts. Thank God Woo. you got it. And um, for that, we're going to give you 1,850 euros. Get in, Marie. Wow. <laughs> now I can hire somebody to cut the crust. And peel the grapes. Yeah, and buy an umbrella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marie McGowan, congratulations. 1,850 euros is yours. Lovely. Thank you. All right, have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye. 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 Here you go. Dermot's clues will judge them now. What do we think? Yeah, they're perfect clues. Little things. They helped Marie get the right answer. That means the clues work. So I'll have none of your slagging about my clues. Actually did. Congratulations to Marie. We're going to have a brand new Asher Look at Isn't That It kicking it off tomorrow at 250 euro. It'll be something different from CCC. But cut children's crust is what we were looking for. I don't know how you get it. You just always do. Fair play to you. Say stuff that suits the music. Say stuff that suits the music. Say stuff that suits the music. Yes, say stuff that suits the music is here. It is a piece of the show where Dermot will now say things off the top of his head to pieces of music he's never heard before that I will play for him. It doesn't seem like I have any choice, and no. the way you're setting this up is like he dan- the monkey will dance. Yes, and then you will hold up today's newspaper and say they are treating me well. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Just play your music. Okay, here we go. and celebs are in town for JP's golf Bill Murray went to the hurling here's what the rest of them are up to Jordan is the Jordan Speed Kilfenora Cayley band followed by Brooks Kepka's tractor pull 
And finally, round off the day with Tiger Woods, road bowling and sausage making extravaganza. Hop for the golfer, Kayleigh. Hinya boya. Star singer Sting is back with a new album all about the GAA Hurling Championship. She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. our readers on the pitch. I'm Brian Cody. Brian Cody's on the sideline. The shouting things of him. Come on, Kilkenny. Pull on the slitter for Jazz's sake. Which is not to put Jazz's out of him. This week on Consumer Outwatch, we look at shopping at the airport. We'll give you our favorite tips to getting what you need when you're on the move. That's right. Remember, at the airport, you don't want just one small packet of chewing gum. You need six kilos of chewing gum. And if you've never bought one before, you will find yourself buying some kind of angling magazine. Shopping at the airport. What happens to us? Have you tasted the beauty of real Irish butter? To make the butter, we get only the finest dairy milk. Then we heat it up a bit and we put some salt in it. And that's it. We package it in gold foil to serve you real Irish creamery butter. Butter. How in God's name does it cost $3.95? There's nothing in it! No. Deirdre, I don't want you. Don't come any closer. What's wrong, Seamus? No. Get off the couch. What's wrong, Seamus? Have you never seen pop socks before? <laughs> no! They're disgusting! <laughs> Sting is back with another song about the GAA Hurling Championship. This time it's Limerick. His second of 65. Keon is just in there. Come on, you Boston Green. Throw the shoulder in and let him know you're there. He's a horse of a man. Just like his father before him. He could drink 10 pints on a Sunday and still get up and score 2-2. Two, two. Paul and Galway says, Dermot really showed why he is one of the highest paid comedian. Uh, which is a reference to <laughs> something that happened during the week when somebody found out that Dermot was on a website where he was one of the most popular comedian and also one of the highest paid comedian. Uh, in the world. He, he isn't, by the way. In the but world. It was just, it was on, it was it was, to know. It's on the internet, it must be true. Somebody has my money. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe it's just me who has the uh, the hatred of pop socks. Not, I'm not talking about the socks that you put in runners to, you know, make it look like you have no socks on. Oh. These are the the same material as tights. And they just go around the base of the foot that women wear when they're wearing, like, shoes, certain shoes. Uh, he's, he's not happy with this. People know what I'm talking about. Oh, we know what you're talking Pumps about. Pumps and heels and stuff. Yeah. They're horrible, smelly, sweaty, geek, scratchy. <laughs> and they're not cute. I really, so don't do dainty feet in pop socks. I really hope think you're being cutie. Goes out and gets a pair of pop socks to wear tonight on the couch. She got, she's banned. Oh, I've really? banned them from the house. Dave's World. Dave's world If we don't let him do it He gets ratty Okay I brought Emer in Because I think Emer, You're going to absolutely love this This is the world's most perfect TikTok Okay This is 
a dog called Bugga. Okay, and Bugga is a basset hound, and he's old, right? And he sits in a cart and gets dragged around the place. Okay, so it's all, I know it's already good. You're okay, a lot of boxes here, Dave. <laughs> a lot of boxes, right? <laughs> and Bugga gets his dinner cooked for him. Okay, Ooh. Bugga's owner cooks Bugga's dinner, and Bugga likes to bark at the owner when the owner's cooking dinner. Go and give him a dinner, give him whatever. So th- that's fine. Th- there's loads of Bugga TikToks. They're all great. But there's a thing on TikTok called stitching. Which is basically you can take that a clip of Bugga and then you can add to it. And an Irish girl called Jessica Daly has added to this TikTok of Bugga. And she's at JDMUA. She's obviously a makeup artist. JDMUA underscore on Instagram or on TikTok, I should say. There's three barks and a question. And I think it might be TikTok perfection. Have a listen. Who? 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 Why does this dog have a double accent? Okay. The dog barks and Jessica simply asks, why does this dog have a double accent? Listen to the dog. Who? 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 If you you were telling the dub a story and he didn't know who it was about, and he went, who? 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 (laughs) And Bugger... Bugger is just there, innocently barking away, but he absolutely doesn't even know he has a Dublin accent. No. And interestingly, some people who aren't from Ireland don't hear the Dublin accent. What they hear is they hear Gordon Ramsay shouting (laughs) for help. Okay? (laughs) And listen, Gordon Ramsay (laughs) shouting for help. Who? 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 (laughs) I'm hearing that. (laughs) I don't think anything's as good as the Dublin accent, though. Who? 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 Oh. <laughs> Why does this dog have a double accent? Even the way Jessica delivered the line. Uh, I absolutely love it. I want more of Jessica commenting on more videos, please. Uh, what do you think? Are you hearing Gordon Ramsay or are you hearing a double accent? You can let us know. 087 4100 FM, I've just put something up. And I just want to see how you feel about this, okay? Oh no, okay. These are your star signs as crisps. <laughs> I already know I'm going to be hugely offended. I'm not sure where they've gotten this information from, how they've happened upon this, but hey. No, I'm I'm very precious about my crisps. Well, you hang on for a second, because I I think I know what's wrestling. I certainly know Dermot is an Aquarius. Dermot, today if Emma said you are a ranchero. Yes, you're 100% a ranchero cowboy. Ranchero. Bit of a cowboy. (laughs) Bacon flavoured. Yeah. Been around a while. Not for everyone. (laughs) Kind of stale. (laughs) Um, I am Pisces and I'm apparently Chickatees Oh I'm jealous Chickatees are a great one to get Maria are you Capricorn? A little bit Maria your chipsticks Yum Yeah That's good Not happy with that? You get stuck in our teeth Mm. (laughs) Uh, What are you? Libra Libra Pamela Joyce is Libra Can I tell you what I would like to be? Yes All signs point to Hunky Dory Buffaloes Hunky Duffery, Hunky Dory Buffaloes, Hunky Duffery. Hunky Dory Buffaloes are Gemini. Ah! Gemini, Emer? Emer's a Gemini. She's vegan. She's <laughs> them. Libra, Pamela. Skips. Eh, skip. Oh, really? They're fine. They turn into a paste after a while in your mouth and you don't get the... They, they fizz too much, dare I say. I know that's their USP, but you don't get the crunch and the satisfaction, so you're halfway through a share bag before you even realise you've eaten one. I love the fizz of a skip. And plus the dust at the bottom of a skip skip's bag. 
You're going to have to go through them all because people are just salivating. <laughs> what am trying I? Trying to find out what crisp they are. Okay, Aries, hot lips. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tor- I concur with that. Lucky Aries. Taurus, snacks. Snack. Gemini, as we said, hunky doors. Cancer burger bites. Ooh. Throwback. Old school. Okay. Leo, mega meanies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Virgo, onion rings. Oh, harsh. Not Johnny onion rings, just onion rings. Scorpio Banshee Bones oh, If Noni was here She wouldn't give Scorpio that yeah. No Wouldn't give them anything And Sagittarius Not Mighty Munch Monster, Monster Munch The purple pickled onion flavour I don't know I think we've done them all there I think that's everybody Have we missed anyone out? Don't think but so It, it no. doesn't I mean it's a good post By Today FM But it doesn't elaborate on, a, on why these crisps I mean, were allocated. I think our, our, our um, kind of breakdown of why your ranchero was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but then it seems to just stop. Okay, well, let's, let's go. Uh, Libra, why am I... Why you skip? Why am I a fizzy prawn cocktail? Because um, you're good in small doses. <laughs> Exactly it. Noni has told us to cross live to her because she's actually in a dare manner. I'm not altogether sure what's going on there. Uh, oh, me out no, Hello? Noni! Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, what what's going on? Oh my god. Hey, that just missed me! Jeez, what's happening? <sighs> I'm in a dare manner. The yeah. place is going mental. Oh my They're god! Absolutely smashing the place up. <laughs> the, the golfers and the celebrities no. they, they walk home. And they're, they're wrecking They're having it. such a good time with JP. They just want you to refuse to leave. And Patrick Harrington's up there. He's, he's swinging out of the chandelier. Oh my God. Patrick, Patrick, come down. You kill yourself. I want to swing from the chandelier. Uh, the chandelier. Do it, do it, do it. Oh my God. Uh, 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 oh, I'm after puncturing my cholesterol. <laughs> Oh my god, this is the kind of thing that's happening that's going completely that's mad. insane. There were, there were, JP just treated them all too well. Oh, yeah. So he gave them vouchers to go shopping. We heard about that 10 grand each. Yeah, he, he gave the he, he gave the wives vouchers and then he gave the golfers vouchers for new wives. <laughs> they all arrived in in helicopters inside other helicopters. Oh my god, that's so <laughs> celebrity. Tell her, they've been buying everything in a dare, absolutely everything. There isn't an iceburger or a hand-woven merino wool shawl to be had within 10 kilometres, I'd say. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. That's insane. Yeah, hey, watch that. There, will you draft it? That thing's priceless. What's that? That's, that Nintendo Wii belonged to the Earl of Dunraven. Oh, Perhaps my God. Put it down. Is there anyone else around? Any of the celebrities are written? Hey, guys, how you doing? Mark! <laughs> Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. But you never even came. Uh, yeah, guys. I know. I heard it was so good that I, I had to get on the plane and come over to see JP. Oh my god! I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna film Daddy's Home Three here. Amazing! Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, isn't that right, Mel Gibson? Showing up your ass! Oh. Hey, Mel. Mel's always angry. <laughs> oh my god, Mark is here. Of course, here to go first. Would you stop throwing things with you? Absolutely. The carriage. The carpet is ruined. Yeah, and come here. Is your man from Ghostbusters there? Oh, but yeah, Bill, Bill Murray's still here. He's just, he, he's got, he's in the Ghostbusters suit. And he's oh, catching ghosts no. all over the manor. Bill, stop it, will you? Oh, Jesus Christ. No! Duck! <laughs> Bill! What's he after wrecking there? Oh my god, that was that table was from IKEA 300 years ago. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
ruining the place. Billy's a mad ghostbuster. <laughs> There'd be lots of ghosts in the different. Do you know in the movie they put the ghosts into one of them things that the, and it closes up and yes. then the steam comes out of it. Yeah. He's just putting the ghosts in a Tesco bag. <laughs> That's not safe, Phil. <laughs> oh great, he's going off to another Limerick match now. Come here. Are there any of the actual golfers there other than Porrick, obviously? Yeah, yeah. hey guys, so are you? Hey, G Mac. Yeah, yeah, Graham McDowell here. How are you, Graham? <laughs> yeah. Oh look. I just want to say we're not leaving. Uh, we're going to stay. Yeah, uh, we're, we're we're loyal uh, to, to JP and uh, everything he's done for the local uh, community. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah Chris, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. He got loud there, really, really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys. I just want to say uh, uh, we're not going anywhere. Uh, JP's done so much for the local community. We, we want to support him and his. Uh, is charities uh, as much as we can and that's uh, what we're going to do over the next while we're just having a couple of beers uh, you know a couple of couple of beers there, is, there isn't a full keg between here and Mungris <laughs> you go uh, yeah well look I just want to say oh no dear Graham what are you the phone's ringing hello <laughs> <laughs> yeah really jeez that's a lot of money okay yeah hold on I'll tell- yeah great hold on I'll tell them Airlines, that's the Saudi Arabians there. <laughs> Apparently there's a tournament starting tomorrow with like a few million prize pot. Oh, oh yeah, look, let's, let's wrap it up, guys. Uh, we got to go. Saudi Arabia's on the phone. Okay, oh, they're, they're private jets leaving in 10 minutes. <laughs> From the fainting farewell. Where are you all going? Hey, come back. They're all gone. They're all gone. And got off to Saudi Arabia. Jeez, money talks. I know, that's some loyalty. So yeah. There's literally nobody there's left. There's nobody here. Uh, I'm still here. I'm trapped <laughs> under the chandelier. And my cholesterol is still punctured. <laughs> Can we get a communal we in the studio? So I mean, like, we, not a we. A communal that would wee. be a terrible That's thing That's a different to kind of get-together. We. That's what we could be listening to. There's a new slide in Ireland. And it's the biggest in the country. Another one. We. I refuse to take part in the week. <laughs> Avondale Forest Park has launched a 90 metre slide and to explain all is Deborah Megan from Quilcha. Hello, Deborah. Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, we're great, thanks. Where is Avondale Forest Park for people who don't know? Uh, Avondale Forest Park is in beautiful County Wicklow, just beside Rothstrom Village. And I'm standing here in glorious sunshine this morning on our freshly mowed grass in the beautiful forest. Look at it. Well, it's kind of, it's, it's a big slide, I have to say. <laughs> and I see, a few, I see a few heads being fired down the slide as so, I see. <laughs> we, uh, we can describe it for people who, who haven't been there or don't know about it, but it seems to be one of those kind of twirly slides. So it's it's inside a kind of um, a cylindrical shape of a structure. Is that right? It is, it is. So what, what we've done down here in Avondale um, at Beyond the Trees is we've built a beautiful treetop walkway through Avondale. Avondale is, is the home of Irish forestry and it's an arboretum, it's a forest garden. We have a hundred different species of trees here and we really wanted to show them off to everybody. And the best way is to bring people right through the trees in the middle of them, above them and beyond the trees, as we say. So we have a fabulous walkway, literally that goes about 24 metres above the ground through our fantastic forest. And that walkway then leads to the viewing tower. Now the viewing tower is 38 metres high um, and when you go all the way up to the top of that, you literally go above the canopy, right? So you're with the birds. You have 360-degree views of Wicklow. Um, and as with all things, you know, you get up that high, the quickest way to come back down is a slide. <laughs> so we built a slide. There's a tube, and it's 90 metres long. 
And uh, we're all having competitions down here in Avondale. Nine, sorry, did you say 90 metres long? Yeah, 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 absolutely. How long it's does it take to go down, Deborah? 10 seconds. And if you're quick, you can probably break the 10 seconds. Like, uh, it's Dave here. I am the most risk-averse human alive and I was once made go on a roller coaster and I still to this day haven't recovered from it. So it just wouldn't be for me. Dave, this is a slide. I don't like, care. It's, it, it's literally children are doing it every day of the week. <laughs> like, Dave, what do you think uh, is going to happen? Dave, we have had an 87-year-old down the slide. We have had six-month-old babies down the slide with their parents. You know, this is for everyone and it's just a bit of fun. Um, it's just a great way to finish off what is truly an exceptional walk in nature. While well, plummeting nine metres per second it. towards the ground. This is the bit that I'm not very happy with. <laughs> <laughs> just put a BMW badge on the slide. He'll get into it. He'll <laughs> <laughs> take a load of selfies. <laughs> Deborah, when you get down the end, does it kind of uh, you know, flatten out as you, as you approach the end? It absolutely does. It tapers off. So uh, you're, you're, you've got a pretty soft landing at the bottom. Don't worry about that. Right, 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 right. Um, you know, it just sounds beautiful. And I think we all need more trees in our life. Um, you know, there isn't there is such a thing as, a tr- is it tree bathing or forest bathing? Where, absolutely. I mean, all that is is basically just lying down in the forest and, and, and bathing in the trees in all the goodness. But <laughs> this is a far more interesting. <laughs> it's meant to make you healthy and happy. Right, right. Uh, absolutely. Hmm. Honestly, a walk in a forest is one of the best things you can do. I think we've all discovered during COVID how important the outdoors are. And we're all rediscovering our forests. We've about 6,000 forest properties around the country, which are all open to public. Going into a forest is so good, not only for your physical well-being, really good for your mental health. Um, can't recommend it highly enough. And yet, your forest bathing, green bathing, whatever you want to call it, it's just about getting out there, really enjoying nature. And here in Avondale, it's exceptional because of the beauty of this place, the variety of trees we have, and you know, the way that we're trying to express that through the treetop walk. We have a beautiful new walled garden and playground for kids, fantastic tracks and trails with family cycling trails here. And do you yeah, have to put on a harness at all, Deborah? No, not at all. You, we, good. we put you on a mat and, we, and, and down you go. It's a good old-fashioned, slightly extended at large. Excellent. Because, <laughs> you know, any, basically, if you go to these places where you're climbing something or walking and, you've, and there's a harness and you have to be attached, you can add 90 minutes onto the queue. <laughs> like as a parent you're like as soon as I see harness the kids are like we want it no no harnesses on the contrary I'm walking on the ground going harness me immediately in case I walk up a flight of stairs actually Megan your title is the or sorry Deborah should say your title is the Director of Stewardship Risk and Advocacy at Quilcher so maybe I should trust you that if you're the Director of Risk and you've deemed it okay maybe the risk isn't that high it's not and I tell you now I've been down the slide many times like I, I keep trying to get a little bit faster a little bit quicker each time I go so uh, no no it is great fun and uh, as I said it's it, it just it, it, it's a fun element of this whole experience here but really there's just so much more I mean just go out and play on a bike go run in the forest go climb a tree what more would you want in a beautiful summer's day in fairness uh, Deborah, we would listen to you talk about anything you just make everything sound <laughs> exciting we could hand you a can of beans you'd be like guys it's the best beans in the world <laughs> we need a piece of that action uh, Deborah, thank you so much for joining us and uh, best of luck to Avondale Forest Park and their new amazing Beyond the Trees Absolutely. slide can I, can I just say guys before we go if people are coming down we have beyondthetreesavondale.com and um, we really suggest people book we are just so excited with the numbers that have come down to Avondale. But just to warn people, we are certainly not busy between kind of 11 and 3. Right. So book online. 
We're open seven days a week from half nine till at last entry at six o'clock. So the early mornings are beautiful and actually the evening times when you hear the bird songs mm. are fabulous as well. So, I mean, and come down and as I said, it's, it's, there's a whole 500 acres of beautiful forest. And give us the websites one more time. So the website is beyondthetreesavondale.com. Beyondthetreesavondale.com. Brilliant. Uh, Deborah Megan, Directory, Director of Stewardship, Risk and Advocacy at Quilcha. Uh, thank you so much for telling us about Avondale Forest Park. Great, thanks, guys. Bye, yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll do it. I probably won't. Dave, it's a slide that babies are going down. I mean, wh- how yeah. much, like, wh- what do you need to, to reassure you? No, I just need to not take risks. It's literally all I need. I just don't, I don't need to go on it. I need to not go on it. But every time you get into your car, you take risks. Yeah, this is actually safer. No, someone else built it. You're not in control of all the other cars that can smash into you. Mm. Now you're worried. Oh God, I was okay until then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ireland's top 10 beaches have been announced. A trawl of Ireland's top-rate beaches on Google Maps has found that one in a particular county came out as the best in the country with thousands of users awarding it five stars for its breathtaking beauty. I haven't seen this list, but can I have a guess? Okay, and I know I'm obviously the like number one marketing person for the Velvet Strand in Port Marnock, right? Which I think is one of the most unsung beaches around. I'm Listen, not going to say. I was only looking at it yesterday, playing in Port Marnock yeah. links, and it's right on the beach there. I didn't, I didn't call in for you again. I noticed. Well, actually, it's okay. I don't live there at the moment. <laughs> I live in Swords oh, yeah. right now, so you're fine. Anyway. No, uh, hang on. I want to have a guess. There's two counties, okay, that have come out on top in okay. this top ten. Two counties. I think is the best beach in Connacht. Uh, yes. Is it in Mayo? Yes. Is it in Ackle? Yes. Keen Bay. Yeah, Keem Beach. It is literally, I've never been anywhere that has more taken my breath as I went around the corner. Because you drive this amazing ackle kind of mm. loads of sheep, hilly roads, whatever. And then you turn the corner and all of a sudden this like Caribbean like beach just opens. You're like, what is happening? And it's one of those horseshoe bays. Mm. So like the sand is not, it's like it's not a massive beach. Like, it's not really wide or anything like because it's because it's a horseshoe or whatever. But the sand is white. And the water is that turquoise colour. And the day we were there, there were whale sharks. Now, they were out. They were a good bit out. But mm. because you're up so high, you're like looking down on top, like almost like a drone. And you can see whale sharks just swimming in Keem Bay. Well, Keem Beach, Ackle, County Mayo has been voted the number one beach. Uh, some other ones, Mayo beaches of note. Uh, in at number six is Silver Strand, County oh, Mayo. That's a lot of... And number seven, Carrowmore Beach. Never County heard of that one. Um, but there is another county that actually didn't get number one, but got more beaches in the top ten. Ooh, uh, ooh definitely not Dublin. <laughs> no, definitely not Dublin. As much as I sing the praises of the Velvet Strand. Uh, Wexford? No, Donegal. No way. Donegal um, got number three which is Silver Strand, another one, in Glen Columcale, County Donegal. Uh, Kinnego Bay, uh, Ballymastocker Beach, and Dewey Beach. Wow. Uh, it was number 10. It's like five so of the top 10 are Donegal. In fact, incredible. there's only one that isn't West Coast. Oh, and I feel bad about that. In now. the top 10. One on the East Coast, what is it? It's in County Waterford. It's number eight in the top 10, and it's Ballydewan Beach. I hope, hope I'm pronouncing that right. Apologies to any... Uh, 
blah heads who, who are offended by my pronunciation. <laughs> well, Waterford, could e- that could even be on the southern coast. I don't know where it is, but I'll have to uh, Google Ke- it there and see. Kerry got number two. Oh, which one? Inch? No. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it the pronunciation that's getting you? Kuminool. Kuminool Beach, County Kerry. <laughs> You're making Interesting enough, there's only two in the top ten that have a blue flag. Which oh. is something that kind of annoys me about blue flags. Why? Because to get a blue flag, you need to tick a load of boxes. Water quality is only one of them. No way. It has to be like access, safety, parking, all these other criteria. Another. So just because your beautiful beach doesn't have a blue flag doesn't automatically mean that the water's manky. I did not know that. <laughs> or if you have a blue flag, it doesn't necessarily mean that your water is the most is the cleanest in Ireland. So. I think, and we were chatting about it with Sean here, we, we think, as a duo... Oh, right. So you guys have put your heads together there. Have, the, yeah. think, the think tank yeah. has After been we working. stop laughing about Oasis' favourite monkey, <laughs> we, put our, we think there should be just a water cleanliness rating. Now, maybe that fluctuates all the time, and that's a difficulty, but at least you knew if, if you went to a beach that's kind of a little bit harder to get to, it may not have a blue flag, but maybe the water's amazing. But would you not just stay out of the water? Absolutely not. I'm swimming nearly every day at the moment. Idiot. Why would, you, why would you... You're the one who's gone on about the velvet strand. How yeah. do you not just get into the water? Because I sit on the strand and go, this is gorgeous. Oh, you're like one of those people who drives to the beach and sits in their car. Yeah. And eats a 99 with all the windows up. <laughs> yeah. And, and play, play Tune Blast on my phone. <laughs> go And occasionally glance up and go, oh, the beach is gorgeous. That, that's the hardest thing about playing golf in Port Marnock is that you're so close to the water, you're usually roasting and you just want to climb over the fence and run down into the sea do you not get that feeling of when you see a beautiful beach you just want to get into the water no 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 uh, like on the contrary I look at the water and go that is absolutely gorgeous and I will stand here on the stand, sand in my runners and look at it and go that's great and then I'll walk off and get oh, a 99 you, but when you get into the water you're getting into the beach it's like seeing a beautiful painting no, the, and being able to climb into no. it <laughs> the beach is the sand the water is the sea <laughs> I don't know if this is news to you like imagine Sad day today, but it's not a really sad day. It's actually a really happy day because Marie is going off to, you know. That's right, she's heading off to marry Justin Bieber. <laughs> it's been her lifelong dream. Yeah. I think he's taken. <laughs> I've also taken. Maria, you are going off to have a baby. Yes. Very exciting. Three weeks left. You're not going to last three weeks. Tell Do you me think no. so? No. You're you're one of the most pregnant people I've ever seen. I can't believe how pregnant I am. Yeah, yeah. you were it, like this three months ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I felt every day of it since. <laughs> so I'm actually proud of myself that I've lasted this long. So this is your last day then before you go, obviously, and have a baby, and then yeah. do before the she can drink wine again. That's well, what's really stop. on her mind. Do you know what? I'm going to order a box of cocktails to my house, <laughs> and then nobody's allowed to disturb me. <laughs> That's my first thing I'm going to do. So end of July is 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 date for for, yeah. for baby. Yeah. And then you've got your maternity leave ahead of you. Yeah. Like. Yeah, but I also have a four-year-old at home, so it's, it's not going to be plain sailing like it, w- it was when I had him, you know? No, no, it won't. If other distractions going on. How do you yeah. feel about leaving on maternity leave? As men, we never know well, what this is like to sort of just walk away from your job. Yeah, it's, uh, do you know what? I was only saying to Cahill this morning, it's very hard to work on something every day. And like you're, you're constantly trying to improve and get better and you're so invested in it to then just drop it is really difficult you know mm. and I already have FOMO 
Do you have FOMO? Fear of missing out. I think yeah. I had it at the start of the week. Right. I had FOMO. What are you afraid of missing? The, like the just the daily the stuff. The bands? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I suppose, yeah. And also, we work, like, you wouldn't know if I listen to the show, but we do work in advance. <laughs> so we're already kind of saying, okay, well, that'll be for next week and that'll yeah. be for the week. And you're like, well, I'm not going to be Yeah, here. like, we have a big guest coming in next week Yeah, that I had started to chase that I had to hand over then for someone else to chase. And they're going to come in next week and I'm not going to be here for it. No. So, yeah, it's that kind of thing that you, you kind of have FOMO and I'll be watching... Obviously, your social media and Today FM social media. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's interesting. That's me. I, I, if I'm off, I tend, to, I'm just no, I blank all of you. So <laughs> you I, start, sorry, Dermot, you blank all of us when you're on. So <laughs> off, it's actually so much of an extra. If I'm blank. on holidays, that's what I tend to just switch off and I don't go near. Yeah, anything like. Oh, but, but it's, it's different, different on maternity leave. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what it's like? The only way that I can describe it that everybody might kind of understand how it feels. You know, say if you book a holiday, right? Mm. It's very exciting. You book a holiday. You know you're going to be away for two weeks or whatever. And you know that feeling you get just as you've locked up the house and you're about to walk out and you think to yourself, I'm not going to see my house for so long. <laughs> that, that feeling is, okay. is what it feels like. So you have one last look in the hall and yeah. go... Oh, I bet she's going to smell different when it comes back. <laughs> yeah. Me and Dave yeah, will smell we different. We will definitely smell different when we look. Can I ask you a question? Sorry, Dave. Go on. I've always wondered about this. So say you're halfway through maternity leave, yeah. okay? Yeah. And you are essentially full-time mom. Yeah. Do you feel like a full-time mom or do you feel like a producer who's on maternity leave? Like if someone asks you, what do you do for a living? Are, are you, do you say, well, I'm... I'm a I'm a mom, but I'm going back to work. No, uh, no, I suppose you say, yeah, I'm I'm a radio producer, but I'm on maternity leave. Okay, but the feeling that you get, you lose every sense of the things that interest you when you're not on maternity leave. So you lose because you're so in demand all the time. You mm. know, I remember with Rian, I came back after six months because. I I love him to death and everything, but I kind of you kind of lose a sense of who you are as a person because you're so dependent on at home. You know that way. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, that was a hard adjustment as a first time mom. This time I'm like season a year, lads. <laughs> <laughs> She's taking the nine months and the three months unpaid. We'll see you in 2023. How are you feeling about the baby? How are you feeling about a new? addition, new life to your family and also you don't know whether it's a boy or a girl and no. all that stuff. Don't know no whether idea. it's Dermot or Dave's. <laughs> so many unknowns. It's a, a, a rumour every rumor. time. Vicious rumour. Um, yeah, like we don't know what it is. We, I don't know, I just, I don't mind. Like I had a feeling on Rain, but I don't have a feeling either way on this baby. And what I about just, just the idea of having, like you're now going to have like three children? Uh, it's a bit daunting. It's a little bit daunting, yeah. What did I say it was going to be... Uh, you said it's going to be a boy. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent convinced. You think it's a girl. girl? But can I tell you, Keith Barry told me on the stairs last yeah. time we had him in. Yeah, he was walking up the stairs and he shouted back down the stairs to me and he said, "A boy two days early." And I was like, "You can't leave on that. Give me more information." <laughs> so that's constantly in my head. And I was saying to my consultant, "Like, do you think if I go early, like, uh, like, do you think, like, maybe it's a boy?" And she was like, "You can't be listening to Keith Barry telling me about, you know." <laughs> Keith Murray is like the mess of people's heads. He's very good. It'll be a boy, but it'll be born thinking it's a chicken. (laughs) That's the problem with Keith Barry. (laughs) Maria, here's the thing, right? You are indispensable. However, 
we need to replace you. Oh, because don't worry. We, you can't just up and leave Dermot and Dave and expect us to like, we can't pick up the slack. Who's Let's gonna, be honest with you. We can barely you. pick up our own slack. Well, do you know what? No, we do have somebody. And I have been giving them tips on how to effectively nag you and get you to do what they need you to oh, do. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's the kind of thing, the information you need to know is not like how to do the job. No, no, no. Cope with the movie companies, talk to the bosses. It's, these are the methods you can get Dermot and Dave to do the things they're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. They are like literally like toddlers. So do you have secret you are, tricks? Sorry, on my Instagram, my, my bio <laughs> on my Instagram says mother to an adorable four-year-old, mm. uh, producer to two uh, adult children, Dermot and Dave. <laughs> and I mean every wrong. word of it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We are going to replace you yeah. temporarily. Of yes, of course. We're going to sub in somebody. Yeah. But... We want to see if anyone can guess who this person might be. So, you know the TV show, The Masked Singer. Well, here we have The Masked Producer. <laughs> so have a listen to this and see if you can guess who this person is. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? I've been here before. I love a good catch. I'm a man from the West. And my special talent is I can name all the counties of Ireland in six seconds. Let's know. Do you have any idea who it could be? 0874 100 102 will reveal our new producer for now. Today is last day, Devereaux. Uh, Maria is walking out the door today to go and have her baby and go on a long maternity leave. What time can I leave? You can't leave until your day is done, Maria. You've got a bit to go. You've got to do the telly at 11 o'clock, so can't go before that. Your last telly. My last telly. Yeah. Of Mm. the year. Of the year and possibly most of next year. We played you this a couple (laughs) minutes ago. The Masked Producer is what we're doing in here today. You know the TV show, The Masked Singer. We've got The Masked Producer. Giving you some clues as to who this person might be. Have a listen. I've been here before. <laughs> I love a good catch. I'm a man from the West. And my special talent is I can name all the counties of Ireland in six seconds. Well, let's. Guess who's back? Who's back? Okay, the text guest is coming in on 87 102 <laughs> Tommy has guessed Liam Neeson. <laughs> like, what, Tommy? He's uh, not He's he, not a man from the West. He couldn't do my job. No way. Has to be Davy Fitz. Mm, no. Hector. <laughs> so this is Kevin and Cork. Louis Walsh. Someone guesses. <laughs> Bernard O'Shea, possibly. Uh, no, let's reveal who the person is who's come back. To replace our Maria. He has been here before. Yeah. He can say all the counties of Ireland in six seconds. He is from six. the... Well, we have to put him to the test now. And he we? does love a good couch. He, does he comes couch. from the furniture business like everyone else in here. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's John Reedy! Guys, I feel like the guy who texted Liam Neeson is going to be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Some of you new to the show may be wondering who the hell is Sean Reedy? Sean uh, worked on the Dermot and Dave team uh, when it started uh, at this time slot mm-hmm. and he was an integral part of the team and then he left us uh, to go to another really boring station <laughs> uh, to, to become a producer and that's what he's been doing for the last... Uh, How long, uh, Sean? Two years. It was two years ago. Wow. Like, it seems like 20. <laughs> oh, thanks. It, like, honestly, it's... Like when I walked in the other day, I was like, How has it been two years since I sat here? What does it feel like coming back not only to Dermot and Dave, but coming back to Today FM from other pastures, as people say? Okay, can we just address that in the room? I was in the same building, so it's like I saw Today FM every single yeah, day. He did, he literally was off in the kitchen I every used to day. Eat Maria, lunch with Maria, so like. <laughs> yeah, but it was awkward. As yeah. Hell. We actually hated each other. Yeah. It was like. It was like Love Island last night. There was just ten- tension in the room. Everyone the just time. knows because you've got one of those lanyards stage. on and we're just like, Ugh, look at yeah. this lanyard. lanyard. We're always so busy downstairs. We were like, okay, where's the next story? Fresh <laughs> off the print. That's not- you say, because you obviously were on the floor below us and yeah. there's a big open staircase between Which the two Which used to rob our coffee. But yeah, you better say coffee down yeah. there. Didn't you say it sounds like a swimming pool up here? Yeah, compared to downstairs. Everyone's like, woo! <laughs> yeah, but because upstairs is crack and downstairs is hey. zero crack. That's why. Sean, welcome back. We're oh, delighted thank to you have guys. you. I'm yeah. delighted to be here. How are you feeling about this? So nervous. Really? I've, like, I was, I text Marie on Sunday night. I have that nerves that a child has on Christmas Eve. Good nerves, no? Good nerves. No, it's really good nerve because you're like, oh, great, I get all the presents that I've written to Santa. But there is that chance that you'll get coal. <laughs> and there is that chance that you'll be bitterly disappointed. But you're also, you left, you know, uh, when you were assistant producer and now you're a producer. So it's yeah. a bit of extra pressure there. I know, yeah. I have to like... Uh, Manage you two. <laughs> well, Maria's giving you some tips, apparently. Hey, can you still name all the counties really quickly? Yes, I can. Okay, well, hang on. With, I'll, I'll put a stopwatch on oh. it, and here we go. Yeah, someone time this because I said six I'll time seconds in the okay. VT. I'm pretty sure it's not six I seconds. I think it's eight. Okay, stopwatch is on. Three, two, one. Go. Loud me, Dublin, Wicklow, Wexford, Carly, Kildare, Kenny, Lee, Shoffley, West, Meadow, Longford, Clare, Tipperary, Waterford, Cork, Kerry, Limerick, Gowing, Mayo, Sligo, Neutral, Scotland, Duddy, Galdary, Antrim, Down, Ramon, and Kevin, Fan, Tyrone. What the What was it? It was 7.35 seconds. But that is so impressive. If I have time, I can hit the six. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of rehearsal, Sean. Uh, Welcome back, Sean Reedy. Uh, Lots of people guessing you as well on the text and WhatsApp. Thank you very much. They're delighted to have you back. Uh, Definitely something we are going to do because uh, Cahill Minogue is also from Furniture Land. He has a family dynasty of furniture, as do the Reedies yeah. and his home furniture. Home furniture. Minogue Furniture. Yeah. We should definitely do some kind of a battle oh, at I some point. I want to see that. Maybe what we'll do is, because in a minute we're going to talk to a guy who's going to tell us about Ireland's martial art. Did you know Ireland has a martial art? Maybe what we do is we get the two boys trained up in this Irish martial art and put them head to head. Let's find out. We're going to talk to Bernard Levy in a few minutes' time at the Now, we've all heard of karate. Judo or Taekwondo. <laughs> Perfectly, <laughs> Perfectly pronounced. Perfectly pronounced. But did you know that Ireland has its own martial art? Somebody suggested it might actually be hurling. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, not. Yeah, it's not far off. We spotted a story in the Irish Indo about the Leitrim man who is hoping to bring back Ireland's oldest sport. And Bernard Letty joins us now. Good morning, Bernard. Good morning. How are you, lads? A Turalura to yourself. <laughs> Come here. What is Ireland's ancient martial art? It's batarat or stick fighting. Batarat. Um, 
batarak. This batter is in the stick. Uh, and it's uh, it's the shillelagh, using the shillelagh as a weapon. All right, so shillelagh isn't just kind of something we flog off to the Americans in some belief that, oh, we all had shillelaghs back in the day. It was actually used uh, as a weapon. It was for years, years and years. Um, it goes back to the Celts. That's how old it is. And we've done it, in, it was in Ireland for, for hundreds and thousands of years. And then when the, it's all started to disappear around just before the famine. When you had the the English started cutting down on the on the stick fighting because the stick fighting was something that we all did. It was something how we sorted out problems. If you had a problem with your neighbour, you know, you go to a fair, you go to a funeral, you go to a wedding, um, you'd have a few pints, and then you'd sort it out. You know, and wasn't um, that um, the original the Donny Brook that old yeah. uh, f- phrase for you know basically a big melee at a, at a crossroad somewhere um, but yeah. weren't, weren't shillelaghs used in Donnybrooks or am I, am yeah. I imagining that no you're right they were used in Donnybrooks they were used in anything like that there was, there's was there been records um, and actually in the House of Commons it was brought up numerous times in the sort of 17th and 18th century about the Irish using these sticks uh, and the fighting because there'd be thousands of people on the field you know just sorting out issues <laughs> like Okay, I understand maybe, you know, two clans getting together who have a dispute over some land or some sheep or something and go, look, the only way to solve this is with a bit of batarak. But thousands of people in the field, like, what's that about? This sounds like organised violence. Yeah, absolutely, it was. It was about, there would be, like you say, issues. And you'd have, like, your faction would then join with another faction and then you would, eventually it would just blow up and you'd have, like, hundreds of factions all meeting and at one point it was recorded um, in history of 36,000 people on one field <laughs> and yeah 36,000 Irish lads with sticks battering the yeah. heads off each other yeah absolutely and women as well women involved as well you know it's an equal opportunity bashing <laughs> <laughs> and was there any level of skill to it or was it simply just you know, you know when you see like um, martial arts like kempo and stuff, where, where they there's there's particular moves that they're trained in. Uh, do you think Bataract had similar a similar style? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, traditionally, the first of it came from the original Celtic fencing, the sword work that the Celts used to use. That's where they, and and like shillelaghs were used back then as well. If you uh, there's a famous story for if you ever heard of the Battle of Teutonberg Forest in Germany where the, the Roman legions were wiped out by the Germans mm. who were kind of Celtic. And they had a, a section called the Night Fires who would attack at night, and one of their favorite weapons was the shillelagh because it would do damage. What kind of it wood what kind of wood were they made from? A lot of the wood was just what was local wood. I mean, traditionally it's the blackthorn, but um a lot of people use the blackthorn, but if you were in an area where there was no blackthorn, you'd use um, oak, ash, you know, even rolydendron would be used. So, um, and as, as for skills, it, it is a really skillful martial art. It takes a lot of practice, you know, because you have to, the, the better you practice, it's easy to learn, but you've got to practice. Mm. Um, the faster you practice, the more you practice, the faster you become. And so it's, what, it's really- what's your story, Bernard? How did you come across Bataract and how come you're the spokesperson for it now in 2022 so what's your background you're Irish but moved to the UK is that right that's right yeah I left in 1988 uh, I went to England and uh, I got into I was into martial arts anyway when I was in Ireland and I got into martial arts with the UK I trained um, in various martial arts over the years I've got like, five different black belts in different martial arts and then um, I got injured at work I was a prison officer and I got injured I, I wrecked my knee and I had a couple of operations, and they said, well, you can't really go back to kicking and punching and throwing anymore because your knee will just pop out. Mm. 
Um, so I, I was sat on my computer one night and I'd had a few drinks, I don't mind saying. And I thought, you know what, look, um, let's look at, at Irish martial arts. You know, I've always done Chinese and I've always done Japanese and Filipino. What about Irish? And I laughed and I put it in the computer and up it came. Bathrack. And the, the man in charge was a man called Glenn Doyle, who is a hereditary stick fighter, meaning that his dad taught him and it was passed down from father's son all the way through. Wow. Um, and he was based in um, Ontario in Canada. Um, and the thing is, <laughs> you know, I went over there because it's the only, the only person I could train to find in the world. Wow. Actually- how, how drunk were you? You went from Googling it to booking flights oh. to Ontario to get training. <laughs> that was a brilliant oh, night. That's not the worst. I've woken up in Rome before. Anyway, no more. <laughs> Go into that story. And we'll leave, Th- we'll leave Thailand alone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was, it was a couple of weeks later. Like I found up my bank manager and said, you know, I want to, I want to go to Canada and do this. And I'm going to max out my credit card. And he started crying. Then I started crying. <laughs> and then we went off to Canada. Um, and it was brilliant. You know, it's the, the thing is it survived in Canada because when the famine came in Ireland, of course, it all stopped. Because you, you're looking for food, you know, people are dying, so you're not going to fight each other. You're mm. going to try and find food, you know. Um, a lot of people emigrate, and that's why you got, you know, the film The Gangs in New York? Yeah. That's, a, again, that's a true story about Irish gangs in New York who, who use Batarang to, to um, negotiate with the Americans, shall we say. Right. Um, you know, and, and it survived in, in Newfoundland because Newfoundland is the only place outside of Ireland that has a gale talk. And still has it today. Mm. So a lot of Irish culture survived in, in that area. And that's what saved Batarang. Otherwise, it would have been gone. And so if, when people use it now, presumably, you know, we're not beating the heads off each other. It's, it's a little bit safer. How does a Batarang battle or, or sparring match work these days? Well, you get kitted up, obviously. <laughs> and we use, we use a padded stick um, because we want to minimise the injuries. You know, um, and that, that's... That's how we do it. And it's this controlled, you know, it's not, you know, not hell for leather. And again, we use what are called trainer sticks. We don't, we use, we got, oh, everyone's got a shillelagh, but we use the trainer sticks because the shillelagh are, are an awesome weapon. I mean, they are a fantastic weapon. Um, they even have thorns on them and the thorns were used in the original fighting. You'd use the thorns to strip the skin and, or the flesh, you know, you'd rip the flesh open. All right, so this is like the blackthorn thorns. You use them as part of the yeah. weapon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And they would be used to, to rip open any arms. They put the arms up to block. That's fair game. You'd take them out, you know. And how um, big is a shillelagh? It's, it's, it's built to your size. So a proper shillelagh would go from your hip bone down to the floor. That's, that'd be your size. So right. Not so far off a hurl, a hurley. A hurl Absolutely. or hurley, depending on what part of the country you come from before <laughs> people start texting in. Hurley <laughs> <laughs> says, that's a tip, man. Um, and are you coaching it now? Are you teaching it to people? Yes, I, I'm teaching all around the world. Um, I, I when I was teaching, I've got a club up in Belku in Fermanagh, and I've got a, another one of my guys, um, the drum, Will Garnsworth down in Galway is doing it, and, and Martin O'Neill up in Lurgan near Belfast, he's doing it as well. So it, I'm trying to build it up in Ireland, trying to return it home. Um, I'm teaching on Zoom and I'm teaching in person, but my goal is to return it to Ireland. That's where it deserves to be. Um, it's fantastic martial art. Speaking as a lifelong martial artist. It's one of the best martial arts I've ever done. It's not the best. Wow. And how can someone listening today who's interested get involved? Like, Are there websites? Is there a Facebook group? How do, how do they do that? Uh, well, contact me on Facebook, Bernard Letty. Um, if you look up Irish Stick Fighting, you'll find me on there. Um, look up Doyle Irish Stick Fighting if you want to see the videos on YouTube. Okay. And the Doyle family 
because everyone would take the name of the, the leader of the faction. And, and my boss, Len, is the, the leader of the faction. Um, so he would be my boss. So it's, it's a Doyle style. So, yeah, look it up. Um, reach out to me. If you look for Fighting Hairs, that's my club. Fighting Hairs. Fighting Hairs, yep. It's for an old Irish thing. Right. Um, fascinating and, stuff, Bernard. And listen... I was going to say, do you guys want to have a go at it? Yes. Do you want me to come down there? <laughs> Dermot immediately said yes. I was about to go, ah, you're probably grand. No, to be with you. Bernard, uh, like my favourite thing in the world is to watch Viking programmes. And I, I have a, I have this inner craving to learn like sword. I feel like there's a warrior in me somewhere mm. in my genetics that is not being allowed to express itself. So Bataracht right. seems like this could be the answer. Well, listen, come and do the martial art of Brian Baru. Brian Baru would have done this. All the famous, you know, even the Fianna, if, if they existed, they would have done this. Everyone in Irish history, you know, way back, this would have been the, the, the mainstay of everyone's life. Yes. Is there any, is there any, can I fight Dave? Yeah, is there any martial art burden for sitting down and playing the guitar? Because that's the one I'd like to learn, to be honest with you. <laughs> Bernard Letty, thanks for joining us today. Uh, listen, we, we know people will go search you out on Facebook and uh, fingers crossed you'll up your numbers in Irish stick fighting, a.k.a. Bataract. Thanks so much, Bernard. Lads, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. You See too. you later. Bye. We were talking about Bataract there a few minutes ago with Bernard Leddy. And uh, a lot of people are wondering if Bataract is where the phrase Albatia comes from. Ben and Roscommon is wondering that. Is that where we get the saying, I'll give you a batterance to someone else? I don't know. We never asked Bernard that when he was on, actually. Oh, I'd say uh, I'd say very likely is. I mean, bata is stick. Mm. So it would have to come from a similar root. Don't know, yeah, I don't know about the, the English word batter. I don't know where that comes from. But yeah, you would assume that batteract sounds too similar for it not to have any effect. It's probably batteract, isn't it? If it's E-A-C-H-T, batteract. As opposed to? Batteract. Which sounds like a ca- cataract. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've also got a text in that says, Dermot, if you're interested in doing sword fighting, check out Hema Ireland uh, and also Instagram ISHC. Which I presume is some kind of sword fighting club. I think I'd be quite happy to be one of those people who like reenacts Viking things. You know those guys. And party is like, oh my god, what a bunch of sad losers standing <laughs> yeah. in a field dressed up as a Viking. And then most of me is like, that's exactly what I want to be doing. <laughs> I want to have like a WhatsApp tell me I have to go down to Glen of the Downs at eight a.m. on Sunday morning. To reenact some battle. Best of luck to you. Derek's on the phone. We meet in the car park in Junction 14. <laughs> uh, where are you in the country? Uh, I'm in Kilmacow. Kilmacow, where's that? Yeah. It's just uh, South Kilkenny. South Kilkenny, uh, right. And <laughs> your two boys, Robbie and Alex, are they already practicing Bataract? Uh, not just today. I think it's like nearly every single day that they're out with sticks just beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> it's kind of a natural thing, desire though, isn't it, of, isn't of kids? It? Yeah. Like, it was so funny because they were just, they were out on the patio just like, you know, going for it and then when I heard it, uh, I brought out the radio for them to listen to it and they were like, oh, that's us. <laughs> so now they know that instead of getting in trouble, they can just go, Dad, we're doing battle Exactly, yeah. we're practicing to be warriors. Yeah, but you should point out to them that, you know, Bernard and his gang who do this, they do use padded sticks and they have headgear and stuff on. Well, it's so. funny now because Alex does taekwondo and he just got his sparring equipment this week. So I think Robbie's eyes are kind of lighting up going, oh, I can just batter him with a stick. <laughs> I can hit him even harder now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, are they obviously, are they, are they not twins, are they different ages? 
Oh, different ages. Alex is ten and Robbie is five. Right, and then like, is there an obvious you know height and weight advantage that uh, that Alex has over Robbie? Oh, he, Robbie just uses longer stick. All oh, right, <laughs> smart kid. Stand further back yeah. and hit it with a longer exactly. stick. Yeah, and, and he loves the taekwondo, does he? Oh, absolutely loves it. He's doing it now. He's the yellow belt at the moment. Brilliant. So he's yeah, he's really into it. So what's uh, it? Does, what does it go? White, then yellow. White, yellow. That uh, goes up in tips. Then so it oh, goes tips, uh, yellow, yeah. green tip, and then green belt, and then it goes green, brown, and then black. Won't be long now until go. you've got a black belt in the house, and then mm. you won't be able to give them any guff at all. I know, yeah, it's be crazy. <laughs> Same order as snooker, interestingly enough. Oh yeah, true. Actually. The green, the brown, a few balls in between. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I got a message from my friend uh, Alva, who uh, knows somebody who uh, you know, they do taekwondo in mm. the local parish hall or whatever. But the woman who runs the hall doesn't know a lot about martial arts, uh, so <laughs> she she calls it Tiki Wandu. Tiki Wandu, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Which sounds like something I'd order with rice on a Friday night. <laughs> Derek, thanks for joining us today. All the best. No problem, lads. See you later. Have, have a good go. one. Bye. 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 Dave, someone says, have you mentioned that Buddy's dad died? This is a text that frightened the life out of me because I have a dog called Buddy, so essentially I'm Buddy's dad. Uh, but Buddy's dad died yesterday. The great James Khan. Yeah, James Khan died. Sad, all right. Uh, he, of course, is... Buddy's dad in Elf, the movie. That's the reference, not Dermot's dog. Yeah, so. the guy whose life is... Walter. Is that thrown into chaos with but, the arrival of this crazy elf. But ultimately, he learns that smiling is everyone's favourite. There's room on the nice list for everyone. And the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. The best thing about that movie, for me, is the... The, the camera as it pulls backwards as uh, your man from Game of Thrones runs up the table he oh, goes yeah, yeah, yeah. call me call me Elf, Elf one, one more time, time. <laughs> and when he jumps up the table and runs and the camera pulls back with him as he's running going <laughs> ah <laughs> oh my god Miles that's Finch That's who he is <laughs> The children's writer Miles Finch That's just so good Anyway yes uh, Lord rest the poor fella James Cann 82 years old Obviously he was in lots of other movies as well I'm sure he doesn't think that his crowning achievement He was in The Godfather Yeah maybe his crowning achievement isn't Playing Walter Hobbs in uh, in Elf But it is for me It's so funny isn't it You can have these epic careers Like he's he was such a big Name. He's, you know, he's, he kind of fits into that group of people like Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah, you know, that yeah. actors your father liked. Absolutely. You know, when you say, oh, James Caan. Oh, great. Love his movies now. They're great. They are his films. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus, excellent. <laughs> and they all had the same kind of names like The Sanctity Project. Or the, the <laughs> That's a movie I would definitely watch. I know this is a bit of a niche uh, suggestion and on, competition, but... Could I get people to make up the names of films like that Richard Dreyfus and James Cam might be in late late seventies, early eighties that mm. your dad would have liked? Uh, and you, you know the kinds of names like the the Trinity Dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> like they you were, know, they were a, they were spy novels before. Yes, they were a John Grisham novel. That's John Le Carre. Yeah, he wrote yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, oh eight seven four one hundred one zero two. You know it's a Friday, lads. <laughs> that's for sure. Here are a list of the guesses of the kind of competition you were saying about oh. the movies. Right, sit well, back, listen to these. Well, they're more suggestions. Suggestions. Right. Okay, ready? so film titles that don't actually exist, but that you would associate with like. 
John, what's his name? James Cann, that we were talking about, Richard Dreyfus, And those kinds of movies that your dad watched, certainly my dad used to sit down and watch. You ready? Yeah. The Parallel Paradox. Oh, perfect. A Time for Panic. <laughs> no, that no. sounds like more like 90s. That's from Robin Emmerich. The Handbrake Chronicles. <laughs> That's <laughs> Mark and Crinkle. The Chalice of Fire starring James Caan. That's some lad called Dave. The Mandible Affair. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Linda. That's, that's perfect, Linda. The Time Warp Inferno. <laughs> that's There's a bit of sci-fi in there. It says a disco album. Sacrificial Consent with James Caan. <laughs> I think Sacrificial Consent would be something like uh, maybe Mel Gibson might be in that one. The Trappings of Fire. <laughs> Me into that one, although someone suggests Mongolian Milk Crisis Part Two, <laughs> The Bowel Movement Two, starring Richard Dreyfus, The Bradford Whispering. That is perfect. The Bradford Whispering has was definitely a book before it was a movie. The Pube Ultimatum. <laughs> yeah, I was. I wasn't God. reading out those ones. Funny enough. <laughs> I was leaving those ones there. The Mandible Affair gets my vote. Ah, well done, Linda. That's 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 brilliant. Only available on VHS, by the way. (laughs) The movies are still coming in on 087 4100 Suggestions for movie titles that uh, your dad might have liked back in the late 70s or early 80s. Uh, John has actually put together a kind of a trailer for us. Richard Dreyfuss and James Caan star in the epic saga The Mercenary's Wife. Coming to the cinema or illegally streamed near you this fall. <laughs> Except illegal <laughs> streaming wasn't a thing back in the late 70s. But No, hey. maybe you would have two videos and you could copy one onto yeah, another. I used to always do that. Uh, anyway, that's a bit of crack. Uh, something else that caught our eye is something that's happening down in County Kerry. Um, and we have a chap called Michael Kelly who's on the line. Hey, Michael, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. What's Tell- going on in Dingle? Well, Dingle Peninsula... I'm a Northsider, uh, Castle Gregory, the lesser known uh, coast <laughs> of the Dingo Peninsula. Castle Gregory uh, Passy! <laughs> <laughs> turf Wars is actual turf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So I am mad into hitchhiking. About uh, five years ago, I had a, we had a go of being a one car family uh, for a laugh. And that's kind of difficult in rural Ireland, but I ended up hitchhiking a little bit, mainly just into Tralee, get the train, uh, or that kind of thing. Mm. And um, I don't go to mass, I don't play football, don't really go to the pub that much. So meeting the community where I'm a blow-in can be quite tough. But hitchhiking was amazing. It was a year, like it's hard to kind of make yourself do it, but if you need to do it, it's such a nice thing to do. Because people who stop for you are generally sounders. So I just met, like, like one, one lift, for example, uh, I, it took me 10 seconds. I, I put my thumb out, first car stopped. <laughs> within, within two minutes, we were talking about bees. And within five minutes, the guy, Anthony Sheehy, uh, had offered me two beehives for my garden and that he would monitor for a year and I could buy it off him at the end. So now I'm a beekeeper. You know, like, 
That's so it's great. amazing. It's really lovely. But and hang I, on, I you're painting a beautiful picture of a kind of <laughs> what sounds like a romanticised idea of it, like, you know, where you put your thumb out, a local comes over, and within five minutes he's giving you two beehives. What about you're standing on the side of the road, your thumb is out, you've been there for 40 minutes, it's bucket and sideways rain, and everyone's giving you the finger as they go past. <laughs> I've, I've never, I've genuinely never waited longer than 10 minutes. Okay. I got into a thing, I, I set up a WhatsApp group about four years ago called the Dingle Peninsula Lift Share. And partly because I'm a hippie, you know, I'm wanting to save fossil fuels and all that kind of thing. But also as a kind of a community for people to meet each other. And, you know, someone would say, a, a lot of the time, like people used to slag me because half of my Facebook posts were, is anyone driving to Dublin uh, that can bring, uh, you know, a, a key or a dog or something like that. Yeah, well, are, are you actually trying to save the planet? Are you just too stingy to get your own car? <laughs> and you want the rest of the world to drive you everywhere? Yeah, like, at exactly. what point is the hitchhiker, you know, the guy picking up the hitchhiker, think, oh, there's a there's a good, you know, a, a nice young man at the side of the road. I'll give him a lift. How quickly does that turn to? Ah, Jesus! Here's Michael again. <laughs> I'm not I'm not driving this way anymore. I have to keep picking him up. <laughs> but anyway, so this this uh, WhatsApp group grew pretty quickly. There was about like eighty people on it, and there was loads of loads of lifts. You know, mm. uh, a lot of it was. It ended up. This is why I was kind of saying Northside. But a lot of it was Dingle. People would say, "Anyone driving to Ventry?" And I'd say, "From where?" And it's always from Dingle. But it got, it got quite Dingle centric, which was grand. But. What happened then was lockdown happened, uh, as we know, about two years ago. And so the Dingle Peninsula lift chair pretty much ground to a halt. But coincidentally, at the same time, um, everybody got into growing and there was an, a nationwide and worldwide shortage of seeds. So I kind of set up this WhatsApp group on the back of this, just said, here, anyone want to do a seed chair group? And because they're all, you know, hippies they all all had they all had seeds and were all growing so almost immediately out of this lift chair group a seed chair group that had about 70 or 80 emerged and that was really lovely for during lockdown just like mm. you know a kind of a, a community it's all kind of communities you know and I, I always knew that the lift chair whatsapp as good as it was it wasn't the end game i knew that something would come along like a an app or a, a system or whatever and this would be a group of like-minded people but then more recently, you know, the war in Ukraine, um, a, a group of uh, refugees from Ukraine were housed in a hotel back west in uh, Ballyferreter. And Pader Ofionon, uh, the GP in Castle Gregory, and also he's, he's part of Fáil uh, and the best festival in Ireland. He, he's he's on, the, on the committee for that. Mm. He said, why don't we do a Ukrainian lift chair? And so once again, almost immediately, it became a group of 70 people. Uh, and now I think it's I think it's 97 now, so it's about half Ukrainian and half Dinglers. So uh, obviously who, most of the Ukrainian women and children there wouldn't have their own cars, so they exactly. would really heavily rely on this. Yeah, and they're in a beautiful part of the world, like Ballyferrier is gorgeous, but it's really isolated and you do need transport. And there is, there is kind of other things in place but they're very kind of like you know buses going at this time and this time mm. and they'd be on their own in a bus or whatever but so I'm not I, I kind of I'm on this group but because I'm over on the other side I don't really there's not much call for it on this side but so I, I mute it but like every day there's about four or five lifts organised like Okay so is it the, the way it works then that somebody would put into the group you know hey I want to go to 
you know, whatever part to carry or wherever they need to go, is anyone available? And then someone will come back and go, yeah, I can take you. Those two o'clock suit sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, Mill. See you at the back of Super Value or whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. But like, it's it's way simpler than it's basically Bally Ferreter to Dingo, Dingo to Bally Ferreter, and then the odd Bally Ferreter to Tralee, you know, for. Mm getting their paperwork or whatever. But it, as but you really say, it's it's more than lifts happening because it's conversation, just like you and the chap with the bees, there are conversations happening between these Ukrainians who have literally, you know, been to hell and back and yeah. the locals and there's integration happening and there's friendships forming and there's, you know, nervous systems being calmed and, uh, you yeah. know, people being minded. It's, it's far more than a lift. Exactly. And language learning as well. You see it, you see them kind of, you see their English getting better. And, oh, there was one kind of like, just this lovely message that I, I had to kind of like take a moment. It was just really, it was really beautiful, you know, really lovely seeing the gratitude and the friendships forming and everything, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of, there's no leader. You know, I imagine there could be this kind of thing organized from the top, but there'd probably be like a feasibility study and, you know, a health and safety thing and a thing and a thing. You know, this is just, it's all self-organizing. Like, it's replicable as well. I think this could happen anywhere in Ireland. Yeah. And I think I think people really want to meet new Irelanders on every level, like what a direct provision or Ukrainians. It's so hard in our lives to actually meet these new people. And I think this is just a beautiful way. And yeah. it's only a matter of time then when you can turn the conversation back to seeds and then yeah. you can be absolutely <laughs> happy, Michael. Yeah, exactly. No, but apparently Ukrainians are mad for growing and they know all the, they're, they're very kind of nature focused. You know, a lot of them would be kind of, I mean, they're the breadbasket of Europe. You know, exactly, they know yeah, they've growing. got the grain, hold the grain thing nailed down, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. we, we can learn a thing or two. Um, Mike, pleasure to talk to you, and it is yeah. it is a beautiful thing, all these uh, people getting lifts around and getting to know each other and giving us that sense of community, which we obviously have spent a long time losing over the years, and hopefully we're, yeah. we're starting to get back. That's it, community is king. If people want to find out more or get involved in the lift chair, maybe move it further afield... Can they go anywhere or what do they do? Yeah, I think they could just set up a WhatsApp group with their local Ukrainians. Yeah, don't so call they, me, Mike is no. saying. <laughs> That's the thing, it's, there's no leaders, it's just uh, do it yourself. Yeah. All right, Michael, thanks a million. Thanks, lads, love you. See you, bye. See you, Mike. bye. bye. What a great idea. What do you think? 87 4100 Is that like that started where you are? You can let us know. 87 4100 We're going to start a GoFundMe page to get Michael his own car. <laughs> <laughs> and stop annoying his neighbours. <laughs> the single car experiment is failing, Michael. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, Jenny from the Block. It's Dermot and Dave. It is Today FM. Pamela from the Gaul. So can we call you that? Um, no. Why not? You're from Galway. No, because you pronounce Galway weird. What? Well, I actually, it was brought to my attention that like people from Galway don't pronounce the L in Galway. They just say Galway. 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 I'd never say I'm going to Galway. I say like, I'm going to Galway. It's just a noise. That Is it like Australians that say Australia? Australia. Got to go away. Go away. Yeah. Galway. I don't pronounce it. Weird. Everyone else pronounces it weird. How do you pronounce it? Galway. It says Gal- Galway. Galway. It's like, kind of Gal. It's a. You say it like an American tourist. Galway. Hey, do you know where Galway, you know Galway is? Galway is. It's kind of a Galway. Longer. It's what it's called. Galway. It's, it rhymes with Hall. Gall. Not Hall. Not Holly. Galway. 
I'm right. They're not the same sense. So you're right, but everyone who's from Galway is wrong. 1,000%. We learned this with Tiramisu the other day. This is drifting attention away from me. Sorry, yes, attention on Pamela, because Pamela has got news for the Dermot Dave listeners. I do. I have been massively promoted to a new role with kind of within the Dermot and Dave team. Well, let's give you a dramatic drone to tell everyone your amazing news. Oh, um, phone a friend. Phone a friend. Uh, <laughs> Lifeline, 50-50. Um, I will, 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 I'll be, I'll be bringing you your telly news. Yes! Yeah! Yeah! Oh, guys, stop. Pamela Joyce will be taking over the reins of Maria's telly when Maria goes on maternity leave for the guts of a year. Yeah. Dead How right. does she get away with that? Dead right. Um, now, big shoes to fill. <laughs> Actually, we'll so it goes. I have one requirement. Okay. A new jingle. Oh, okay. Oh, so you want your own jingle. Ready with the requirements. Yeah. I don't like this attitude. You've got to check with Maria. I mean, you're, it's her jingle you want to strip I mean, can, off the air. True. Can we, can we not butcher your first name? And put it into the same jingle. Oh, like absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's on TV? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine by me. Pamela. Yeah. Pamela. No, I'm Pamela. kidding. I will gladly, Pamela. with pride and honor, use the normal Maria What's no, on TV? No, it's no, not going to work. It doesn't work. I've, yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on what the replacement See, I'll tell you um, one thing, Pamela. You want to ingratiate yourself with the listeners. Mm-hmm. Listeners don't like change. Oh, right, okay. So if they don't hear that Maria's telly jingle... Why don't we just pretend I have Maria the whole time? <laughs> she never left. <laughs> Let's go with that. I don't know. No, the jingle's fine. We'll keep no, it. no, no, no. We'd have to think. We need a... We need a Maybe well, you think tank. Could you ask... Could you ask your alter ego, Cardi B, to do one for you? Cardi Potentially. B? Potentially... Yeah. What's on TV? Oh, very yeah. bright. Could do something like that. We'll think of it. We will think of it. Well, we're delighted to have you doing Thank the you. telly. No, this is going to be pure class. It. Teeing you up there, I was hoping you'd do a bit of Cardi B. <laughs> I know you were, and I could see it in your eyes, and I said, <laughs> nope, not today. Not today. Throw me a freaking bone. No, no, I, I love your Cardi you B impression. To, I, I can't just do it off the cuff. Just give it that. Oh, hang on a second. Deborah, some nice presents. The doors have oh, opened. Sean and Emer have come in uh, with so flowers much. as a farewell Aww. gift and a card for our Maz, who's heading off maternity leave. Thank you, guys. Get, I haven't forgotten Cardi B, by the way. You're <laughs> I want Maria, her to say goodbye to me. Best of luck. Thank you. We will all miss Nobody you very can see much. The flowers, but they're very gorgeous. And you are a flowers expert. Yes, I am. So to please Maria with flowers is a is a damn hard job. Yes, it is. Uh, best look with the new arrival of the Devereaux done very soon we'll have to keep an eye Thank on your you. social media to find out the news Maria she looks disappointed she wanted flowers she wanted an epidural <laughs> <laughs> that's all to come <laughs> it's a lot harder to put in a vase Maria <laughs> listen back to more from the Dermot and Dave show on todayfm.com Dermot and Dave weekday mornings from 9 on Today FM.